0: This episode of the quarter to three movie podcast is brought to you by Thunder Force, Thunder Force, the hilarious new comedy available only on Netflix in a world terrorized by supervillains. One woman has developed the process to give superpowers to regular people. But when scientist Emily Stanton accidentally imbues her estranged best friend with incredible abilities, the two women must become the first superhero team. Now it is up to Thunder Force to battle the super-powered miscreants and save Chicago from the clutches of an evil mastermind. Starring Academy Award nominee Melissa McCarthy and Academy Award winner Octavia Spencer. Thunder Force.
1: Hello, welcome to the quarter to three movie podcast for the 2021 Academy Awards... My name is Tom Chick, and I am here with a 2021 Academy Awards tagline from Kelly Wand. Mecha Godzilla saves Hong Kong. <laughs> Kelly Wand, are there two taglines for this year's Oscars? Broken ding-dong. <laughs> Kelly Wand, save it for the actual nominees. Uh, that will come up shortly. But now what we're going to do, Kelly Wand, Wait. is just... Oh, is there a third tagline?
0: Yeah. What is it? Our first Oscar podcast was widely considered our worst ever, (laughs) but it's an honor just to be nominated. This is our second
1: Oscar podcast, by the way.
0: Yeah, I can't believe we're doing another one.
1: Well, what we're doing with this podcast, we did not this year do a top 10 list uh, podcast. We did a list, but we didn't do a podcast about it. So what we're going to do is go through each of the categories in the Academy Awards, we're going to pick what we would choose. I have no idea what's going to actually win. Neither does Kelly Wan. There's a lot of political considerations. and non- don't so, have my I mean, connections. Who knows what's going on there? Um, so we're just going to go through. We're going to pick which of the nominees we would personally choose. These aren't predictions. But then we're going to substitute in what we would pick from the broader field, including things that might not have been nominated. So this is kind of an opportunity for us to plug the top ten movies and others that we didn't do a podcast on.
0: But also take down the Oscars and show them that we know better than that.
1: Right, exactly. We will, uh, we will, we will not be incorrectly giving awards, say, to La La Land.
0: I like to think that the uh, contestants, isn't that what you call Oscar nominees, are more interested in what we're about to say than the actual stupid Oscars.
1: Kelly Wan, like this I like is to
0: th- the real trophy. I like to think that as well. That's a lot of fun to think. That's, they must be overwrought
1: right now with tension. Kelly One, let's start. We're gonna we're gonna work our way up to the popular categories like Best Picture and Best Actor. We're gonna start with the boring stuff that nobody pays attention to, like on the actual Oscars telecast. So we're gonna start with Best Visual Effects. Mm. The movies nominated: Love and Monsters, The Midnight Sky, Mulan, The One and Only Ivan. And Tenet, Kelly. Wand, of those five movies, if you had to give one of them an Academy Award for v- best visual effects, what would you pick?
0: Wait. So if it's one that's not one of those five, I don't say that yet. Right. Save your own like personal
1: choice. Let's 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 <sighs> within the confines of the Academy's nominees, which one of those are you gonna pick?
0: This is more work than the Oscars. But I would pick uh, Tenet.
1: Because it's the one that you saw.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's going to be a lot of that tonight. Uh, so I, I would actually pick Love and Monsters because the the, the, the Tenet I just found kind of confusing and uh, a little –
0: like what what were the spectacular visual set pieces in Tenet? The one that did it for me is there's one scene where a building is blowing up in, in normal time on the bottom, I think, and then on the top half it's blowing up in reverse. And I'm all that's the best visual effect I've seen all year. I can't wait to tell Tom on the internet.
1: That that was pretty cool, but for every kind of cool thing like that, there was a lot of weird like backwards fighting, which I was like, What that that looks silly, Christopher
0: Nolan. It looks hysterical, so therefore a stoner loves it. Okay. I, I was more so. curious about who those people were. I don't actually I can't tell you that. And I was really annoyed at you for not being able to explain the ending to me. Like I in
1: the... Yeah, I, I checked out about halfway through Tenet. As you made far fun as... of
0: me for caring, and I was really excited about learning. one, the, the, the internet,
1: <laughs> the internet is full of diagrams that can teach you what was going on in Tenet. Uh, I can't help you there. Just um, tell me
0: if he knows she sh- he shot her, like if he's of the past at the end. Oh, yeah, I'll, right. Oh.
1: No, right, right, right. I know the answer to that. So the answer to that is uh, I don't care. <laughs> I knew you'd say that, and that to me is the
0: best visual effect. You're out. Tell you on
1: my award, I would give it to Love and Monsters, which uh, I've seen. I have not seen One and Only Ivan, which is a Disney talking animals movie. Uh, I have not seen Mulan, which I was not aware was a live-action movie. I guess it is. Racist. Uh, I have seen uh, Tenet Midnight Sky, Love and Monsters. No idea why Midnight Sky is in there. There's some spaceship nonsense. But Love and Monsters, at least, it's a Love and Monsters is a kiddie beard. movie.
0: I'm yeah. sorry? Maybe Clooney's beard is the visual. effect.
1: Um, no, I think that was a practical effect. Uh, oh. No, Clooney's pretty hirsute. He could get a good beard going, I imagine. Um, Love and Monsters was uh, Dylan O'Brien, the Maze Runner kid. Uh, I like him. It has uh, Michael Rooker. Uh, it's, a, it's a monster apocalypse movie, and there's a lot of CG monsters that would be good if they weren't in a kiddie movie.
0: Yeah, so, everything's kids now.
1: So it really you, is.
0: It's so young adult. It's Exhausting. Is just so young adult. Yeah. So and Kelly Juan, they never had anything. The whole idea is to pander to kids, so the kids will go, "Oh look, that kid's getting run. That kid's running from a dinosaur. That could be me." But I mean, that that young adult
1: fiction has its place, and it's places with young adults. Now everything's young adults. Everything. Is are, adults. Everything. everything is for them. <laughs> well, Kelly won here's your chance to give the best visual effects award to a movie that is not a young adult movie, not even an Academy Award nominee, what would you pick from last year uh, for Best Visual Effects?
0: Color Out of Space. Ah. So
1: that was was both of our number ones on our top ten list. Uh, uh, However, I would have to go with a movie that was actually, I think, number two on my top ten list. I really love how much uh, practical effects work Brandon Cronenberg did in Possessor. Um, uh, that's a good one Possessor just looked really good and it wasn't the usual kind of CG uh, Color Out of Space visually like I, I loved his palette and I loved how Richard Stanley evoked some of the same stuff he was doing with hardware and Dust Devil like in the, in the 80s uh, I loved that about uh, Color Out of Space but Possessor was just so like sleek and sexy and weird and disarming and uh, I just think Brandon Cronenberg is one of the most exciting horror science fiction filmmakers going right now.
0: Plus, I know you um, like
1: dicks. There there was an erect penis in that movie. If you uh, are averse to seeing that, don't see Possessor. Yeah. Uh, also, real quick, we are – normally when we talk movies, we are assuming people have seen them. We're going to try to be careful about spoilers. <laughs> That's a spoiler? Right, no, sorry. no, 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 no. I just, I just wanted to All point right. out that we're going so, to try to be – be careful about spoilers because we're going to be talking about a wide range of movies we're not going to assume that you've seen them all so we're going to be careful going forward not to spoil movies so if you are still with us and you haven't already turned it off because you're because worried about of things being spoiler stick with us there's a that. dick and
0: possessor <laughs> oh,
1: fuck you chick all right kelly wan best production design do you even know but so I remember our first Academy Award podcast, we spent, I think, about three hours trying to figure out the difference between sound design and sound editing.
0: Ugh, uh, virtuous. Do you know what production design is? I think it's how the set looks and the sense of place. gives you. Very good. Sense of place. Yeah, pretty much. Very well
1: put. Um, I'm glad I asked you and didn't try to make up an answer on my own. So, Kelly Wan, here are the Academy Award nominees for production design. The Father, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank. News of the World, and Tenet. Of mm. those five, which would you personally pick?
0: Uh, my very easy choice. Okay, I've seen three of those, I'll admit. I'm bummed I didn't see Mank now because it's on every one of these fucking categories. It really, but...
1: Mank, the Academy's going to love on Mank. It's going to get a lot of awards, I
0: bet. Yeah. Well, it's good to see a writer getting famous after he's dead for once. <laughs> That's great. We really appreciate that. Uh, my winning thing. Oh, and my last thought for i didn't really get a chance to say anything about color of space my only disappointment about color of space was that um in the story the color is nebulous and he, it's a color that's never been seen before and that's kind of the whole point that's the reason but in the movie it's kind of just purple but i thought he did really a lot with purple
1: purple and kind of pink yeah yeah like uh, and and there's even a bit where uh, had a creepy Nicole- color there, there's a bit where Nicolas Cage is kind of explaining, "Yeah, it was kind of pink. No, it was purple." Or yeah. they 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 do kind of give lip service to this idea that it's something you've never seen before. But yeah. we, the audience, are sitting there looking at a purple pink, going, "You know, I've I, I've seen that." Uh, so yeah, yeah. That's, that's a tough one to do. Right. Uh, we will have more talk of color of space, though, because there are more categories.
0: Oh yeah, that's a good point, Tom. Yeah. All right, so
1: best production design of those five, which would you pick?
0: That's a good point, Tom. Best documentaries coming up. Uh, <laughs> see, timing. <laughs> the best production design I would uh, have to give to the father. I thought it was uh, because it was designed to be disorienting. It was like um, I remember in um, Final Destination, there's a shot where uh, water is going down these bathroom tiles, and they went to the trouble of making the bathroom tile lines like um what does it call where you diverge from each other like the lines weren't straight but they like fucked with the tiles so it looked kind of creepy in final like, destination wow yeah Good and in the them. in the tunnel where they're going into the plane like they lowered the ceiling as they were walking in it so it's like it was a practical effect whereas they're coming down so actually i guess final destination is my best production design for 2020 anyway. So that kind of technique is like kind of Hitchcock stuff, like sort of practical effects.
1: Now, then, now, now The Father's based on a stage play, and we'll, we'll talk more about The Father in a little
0: bit as well. But did you see stuff like that in, in the production design in The Father? Well, the, the point I was going to make is the thing that I really liked about The Father and the reason The Father instantly leapt out of me as a production design triumph is um, I was going back and forth while I was watching it to see if the apartments were different. <laughs> like there's two – Residences in that movie, right. and I got them mixed up myself, and I was wasn't sure how much of that was on purpose or not. And that's part of the how that movie works. Right, right. Um, so I, I thought that took a lot of credit. Like it, it was a key part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know. So I would pick a uh,
1: Mank simply because, and I reasons. I haven't seen all of Mank, Kelly Wan. I, I bailed on Mank after about <laughs> a half hour. Oh, I could not. Uh, Mank is uh, just so, I just thought so, it just feels weird and sterile, and I don't, I'm not into Citizen Kane anyway, and I love movies about old Hollywood, but I, so what little I saw of, of Mank, it, it looked gorgeous, and uh, the the production design looked pretty impressive, obviously, uh, David Fincher is not the kind of guy to spare any expense, Um so uh, yeah, of that list of of movies, I mean, News of the World, I guess, was fine for a period piece. That almost feels like cheating sometimes with production design, yeah. and that's certainly the case with Mank because it was a big period piece. The news of the um, World's using the countryside, so it's like using the countryside and little rugged villages, and yeah, yeah, like a lot of News in the World is the forest and yeah, yeah people riding a horse on a plane. That's yeah. Um, so I would pick Mank just because. There's so much just – Fincher obviously has a very meticulous eye for this sort of thing, and that's very obvious in in Mank. What about
0: Ma Rainey's Black Bottom?
1: So uh, we'll talk more about that later. I would not pick Uh, it over over Mank. But uh, if I were to choose a movie, of all the movies I saw last year, my favorite production design um, would be The Nest, which is Sean Durkin's movie with Jude Law and Carrie Coon. Uh, about a family that moves from the US to the UK in the 80s uh it's just very specific and he uh the 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 house to which they move is almost a character in the movie and that's kind of trite to say uh but it's very much what's going on in the nest it's it's about the the, the drive from the 80s to acquire um more uh just more more wealth, more financial well being to sort of move up that kind of greed is good mentality from them. It's Sean Durkin using some of the same techniques he used in Martha Marcy May Marlene about what a cult does to someone's head. He uses some of that same filmmaking to explore what this drive does to a family in this house to in which they've moved to, where they really have no business being and they can't afford it. Um, so of all the movies I saw, that would be my favorite production design from last year. The Nest. Kelly, the Nest, yes. Kelly Wand, of all the movies you saw, what would you pick for best production design?
0: Well, The Father. I like that one the best.
1: Oh, so you would actually pick one that was nominated very yeah. good i think Look the oscars you. got it right very good i'm sure they're very happy about good that good work oscar i will say there's not going to be much of that for me tonight i almost never picked what the academy picked or even
0: nominated i don't even remember what i'm saying a lot so a lot of mine things hinge on whatever the academy wrote down fair enough they yeah. did a
1: lot of their homework
0: for us yeah yeah
1: Kelly Wan, speaking of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, that would be my pick for Best Makeup and Hairstyling. The five movies that were nominated, Emma, Hillbilly Elegy, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, and did you know there was a Pinocchio movie, a Mulan movie, and a Pinocchio movie? What's going on? Wait, what was the first one? The uh, Emma, two... oh, wait, Emma wait, 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 wait. Hillbilly Elegy, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank. Pinocchio. Of those five, I would personally pick Ma Rainey's Black Bottom because I loved, especially, uh, what they did with Viola Davis's makeup in that movie. She looked absolutely grotesque and was supposed to, and it was kind of amazing. Uh, everybody's makeup and hairstyling in that, even just just the way that, just Chadwick Boseman's hair, and it's just so heartbreaking seeing him in that movie too. Um, uh-huh. But I loved how everyone looked in that. That movie was just, just, and the way too that people were sweaty. I just love a movie that that lets its characters sweat, and there was a lot of that in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Kelly, one of those five, which would you pick for best makeup and hairstyling? Uh,
0: I picked Emma because that was the one I saw, and also her hair looked cool in it. Uh, it was very curly.
1: Those were adorable little curls, weren't they? Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I'm only a half hour into it. No. 45 minutes into it, but it's getting oh. really good. It's getting really good. I'll finish oh. it tonight. Yeah,
1: uh, it's worth sticking with. I I don't yeah. know a lot of Jane Austen, so it, I, don't I mean understand. I just So, uh, I know the but,
0: Brontes. I'm kind of a Bronteist.
1: Well, I I feel the the more trenchant thing about Emma the movie is that it's a a really exciting new directorial voice. What Autumn DeWild, I think that's her name, uh, did with that movie, with uh, the storytelling. I mean, she was just this side of Wes Anderson in, in terms of being kind of twee and cute. Yeah. Um, but she's got a great eye. She has a, a great sense for tone uh, and, and just capturing the little things that her actors are doing. Um, the Just the, the look of that movie. Uh, wait, did I... Hold on a second. Jane Austen seems like the Wes Anderson of the... So not I... I era. Sort of jumping ahead, but we can... So I, I picked Emma for best costume design because I love, too, not just how playful the costumes are in that movie, but how they're an integral part of what people are doing. There's a lot of people getting dressed or getting undressed in Emma, not in a salacious way, just people in that era of, in England futzing around with their clothes. Who were uh, those red cloaked women? So they're uh, at a boarding school. They're uh, young ladies oh, okay, who aren't student. in an estate. They're, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I couldn't tell
0: if that was like. Religious, or but animation. even that,
1: like the the way that their red cloaks would pop against the countryside yeah. when they're walking, like the 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 costume design, I've jumped way ahead of where we're supposed to be back in. No, I picked it hair.
0: too. So we, maybe we could just skip through it.
1: Yeah. So so uh, obviously, for we we both love the costumes in in Emma, and there's a lot more going on in that. Now, of the things that were actually nominated, Emma was oh Emma was one of them. Well, yeah wouldn't Yeah. He? Okay. So costume design that was nominated: Emma, Mank, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and then the two movies that I didn't even know existed: Mulan and Pinocchio. Uh, so oh, we... uh,
0: Benini plays Geppetto in Pinocchio. Is that Are you changing? lying? No. He was gonna play Pinocchio in the 90s himself because he has a big nose. That uh, now he's old, so he's Geppetto. I just think
1: that sounds kind of annoying. I don't know that I want to watch him play Geppetto.
0: I don't like him playing cute. Fun characters, either. I like him playing annoying, weird characters like in Down by Law.
1: So, Kelly, Wan, you would then pick Emma for your pick and of the nominees, your pick for Best Costume Design. Yeah. Because I'm gonna pick Emma for my own pick, but for the the uh, Academy Awards, I'm gonna pick Ma Rainey's Black Bottom because the costumes in that are also awesome, and they're kind of important too with the way the different characters dress. Uh, Chadwick Boseman is uh, is really into these shoes that he buys. Uh, certainly Viola Davis's big gown. Yeah.
0: The what? The way the bottom is styled. The bottom uh, of Viola Ma Davis. <laughs> Ma Rainey's bottom. Yeah.
1: So back to Best Makeup and Hairstyling. Kelly Wand, of all the movies you saw – wait, did I already do this? In 2021, what would you pick? We did this. Emma. Oh, and that's with the Academy. Okay, I get confused I said she when, had
0: cute hair or something. Right,
1: I get confused when the Academy nominates something that you also pick.
0: Yeah. Well, Tom, I'm in the Academy, and so are you. So. Uh, I'm
1: actually not, I'm afraid. I'm not. There. I'm not. Can you get me free screener copies of things? I can't.
0: They don't, they don't really write me back. But.
1: Kelly Wan, the best international feature film. Is it Quo Vadis Aida? The Man no. Who Sold His Skin? Collective? Better Days? Or Another Round?
0: This was a really tough one for me. I really had to think about it hard. Um, it was it was a photo finish between Better Days and The Man Who Sold His Skin. But <laughs>
2: to I think at the
0: end, in the end, I just had to go with Collective because it really spoke to me and reminded me of how when I was a child, I had to escape from East Europe and crawl through barbed wire and get to the cartoon factory and make something of myself and sell aluminum.
1: So the Academy cheated because Collective is not a movie. It's a documentary. Oh. Well. And I will not stand for this uh, blurring of the line. Uh, I've only seen one. You, I'm guessing you've seen zero of those. Am I correct?
0: Well, zero is a term. It's a film term. So let's start there. Uh, I've seen one
1: of them, and I tried to watch Collective, um, but I, I couldn't I, – What's the one you watched?
0: So I'll, I watched. I'll disagree strongly with whatever you're gonna say. Uh,
1: Thomas Vinterberg, who uh, I, I like a lot, one of the movies, uh, Another Round. Uh, he's a Danish director. Uh, it's the it's Denmark's selection for the international uh, feature film nominee. Uh, so I did watch Another Round, and I wasn't crazy about it. It was okay, but because it's the only one I've seen, I'll pick it. It does a weird thing, Kelly Wand. It's so just dumb. about. It's about four normal dudes who decide that they're going to try to maintain a blood alcohol level of 0.5% to just see if it makes their lives better. Dumb. Uh, and it uh, it stars Mads Mikkelsen, who yeah, well, of the four buddies, and I didn't recognize the other three actors. I'm assuming they're all established Danish actors. But of the four characters, Mads Mikkelsen is the one who's supposed to be like the most boring, schlubby, work a day guy like there you know nordic god international superstar mads mickelson mm-hmm. trying to look like he he leads a boring life incredibly unconvincing to me <laughs> I just, when his eye bleeds
0: you know that the alcohol level's higher than 0.5
1: too i just i can't i i love he's great in it and he's fine and I, you know actually all four of them are but what's I, the it, end
0: oh we can't spoil it that's right
1: the, end, the it's got a it's got a good ending and uh, like you know it's it's a comedy it's not. Do they learn
0: a valuable lesson?
1: Yeah, of course they do. They learn a very valuable life lesson, uh, and it's not a junkies are tedious. It's not about oh they all get drunk and their lives are destroyed. It's not that which is what I thought it was going to be because Thomas Vinterberg is uh, he, he's made some pretty dire movies, um, but it's it's got a very light touch and because it's the only one I saw and it's not a documentary. Hello Romania, cheating with collective. Uh, that is my pick.
0: I'm gonna go with Man Who Sold His Skin because that's my favorite title, and Tunisia's never disappointed.
1: All right. Now, of all of the movies from 2021 that you might have seen, do you have a fee- an international feature film that you would actually pick for the winner?
0: Color Out of Space isn't that British?
1: Um, it was shot in Portugal.
0: Uh, See, I don't know that's where the, the money England came of Europe. from.
1: So sure, yeah, you could say Portugal. And according to Jude Law, it's the future of summering in Europe. He says what? that in the nest Call at one Spaces? Point. Portugal. He says that in the uh, nest at one point when he's trying to be pretentious. The future uh, of
0: what? Summering.
1: The future of summering. Yeah, is uh, he he's like, oh, forget the Riviera. It's so crowded. Everyone goes to the Riviera. Yeah. Portugal is where it's at. And he's he's never been to the Riviera or Portugal apparently. Mm. Um. So, my pick is a Polish movie. A director named uh, Jan Komasa did a movie called Corpus Christi, uh, which I really liked. and has a lot of cool stuff to say about religion. Uh, Poland is a very, very Catholic country, uh, and uh, Corpus Christi is very much about, it's very specific to Catholic life in in Poland, and I really liked it a lot. Uh, Also, one of the most amazing final scenes I've seen in a movie. Like this one of the things I love about foreign films, is they just have a completely different sensibility, of course. Uh, and the final scene in *Corpus Christi*, uh, I just I, like. I, it's one of those things. Like if you see a hundred movies in one year and one of them has as good an ending as *Corpus Christi*, you're you're in luck. Uh, I just
0: love the the finale of that. I really enjoy the ending of *Silver Streak*. Um. Where Richard Pryor steals a car. How about that? Is it not a foreign film, though, Kelly Wand? No, but it takes place in Chicago, which is far from where I live. It is a long way off, yes. Yeah. So, in a way, I, I feel like we've both talked about international things.
1: Kelly Wand, Best Film Editing. Here are the nominees mm. The Father, mm. Nomad Land, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Oh. Oh, I'm so, so excited. Because you've
0: seen all five? I've seen all these. Sweet. Which one is best edited? I think you know the answer to that, Tom. It's a really simple choice. But obviously it's the father because uh, it's perfectly edited.
1: That's the one that
0: I would pick as well, specifically for the reason that you
1: cited for production design. Uh, it's very much about the, the state of mind that uh, Florian – oh, shoot, not Weller. What's the director's name? Florian
0: – Is Wellerson's.
1: No I it. it's a name that doesn't even sound French because I think he's French. Florian, I want to say Weller am I close? Zeller. Zeller. okay, I was kind of close. He uh, racist. Florian Zeller, like I feel like the uh, the editing in that is so integral to what he's trying to the story he's trying to tell uh, in a way that you can't say with sound of metal trailerers Chicago Seven promising young woman or a uh, Nomad land. Just the editing is a, is a huge part of how he tells that story. Um, I didn't like the editing in Chicago, so I thought maybe it right. should, yeah, I So know. I see that you have denied them your pick for uh, the
0: award. I'm going with the father. I'm going with the thing I picked over the thing I didn't <laughs> pick. Yeah.
1: There, I Kel- said it. Kelly what, if you were to have to pick something that wasn't necessarily nominated, do you have a different pick, or would you also choose the father?
0: Uh see. No, i'd go with the father
1: so let's talk about the father a little bit so the 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 tough thing about the father i think everyone knows hey it's anthony hopkins playing a guy who's got alzheimer's disease and i heard that and i was like i just oh god there's no way i'm going to watch this yeah. thing it sounded like a disease of the sounds week sounds like
0: still alice
1: yeah yeah exactly and i just i that stuff is depressing enough i i just so it it took kelly wand emailing me so <laughs> So this this requires a little backstory. Kelly Wand watched a movie called Shifter, which is a terrible, like, no-budget science what? fiction movie about a woman who discovers a time machine. No, and... she invents it and goes around and and mucks with timelines and they start overlapping and it becomes like mildly body horror as she falls apart different iterations of herself. She's out
0: of the freezer. Right, right.
1: she becomes unmoored from space and time and basically uh, evaporates painfully. Makes her vomit. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot of this woman vomiting. But there's Um, a
0: sound effect in it that's really cool. uh,
1: You know, so I rewatched it. Kelly The sound effect is just this. It's basically no. someone like, snapping with a slight reverb applied to the snap.
0: You no, know, it's all – it's like celery crunching. Mm, I think it's a snap smells.
1: with a little reverb. Um, so at any rate, Kelly is a shifter apologist. I am a shifter detractor. Um, so after Kelly Wand uh, saw the father, he emailed me and he said, the father is the rich man's shifter. And I was like, what? What are you
0: even talking about? How stoned is Kelly this time?
1: But watching The Father, and like 30 minutes in, I realized, oh, yeah, Kelly Wanda has a point. Uh, And The Father just knocked my socks off. That movie is amazing. It's unforgettable. It really is. And here's another thing that will turn you off of wanting to see The Father. It's based on a stage play, Mm -hmm. which, again, I'm like, ugh. God. I can totally see it too. I can totally see it as a play. Well, I can as well and and I think it's one good. of its main selling points because here's the deal. The father is the so before movies, there were of course plays sure. and one of the things that plays have been doing long mm-hmm. since, you know, long before movies were doing it is playing with structure. You know, 20 years before Christopher Nolan made Memento, Harold Pinter had written a play called Betrayal which is told backwards you know that plays you, you know Beckett was doing this kind of absurd stuff that David Lynch hadn't even dreamed of yet like the the kind of structural shenanigans that plays do aren't necessarily novel when you see them in a movie like movies tend to play it safe so sometimes what happens when you see a play has been adapted into a movie is some of these structural shenanigans appear in the movie and i feel that's what's going on in the father is zeller florian zeller's script for the stage play of the father has such this this unique structure it's the kind of stuff that you see in genre movies like you know tenet or m night Shyamalan movies or shifter uh mm-hmm. and it's amazing what it does Considering that this is a movie about real people and not placeholders in some genre crap like, like The Shifter. Um, Just Shifter, Tom.
0: Just Shifter.
1: You're right. Just sh- the father, Shifter, right? Yeah, shifter, yeah there's a whole sir. sequence in Shifter where you see her uh, working on the title page of her, her study that she's going to do. And she wow. calls her study Shifter. Yeah. That's the name of the movie. See? Yeah, how do you? That, that's good. I'm sure that's going to go over great. That was great, the like script
0: a, that was found in the barn, and the movie. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's that's we what you're going to see in, in some There's scientific some journal, right? Shifter, yeah, yeah. somebody's
0: paper. Ha uh-huh. ha! Shifter made you watch The Father. Now you can't enjoy The Father without thinking of Shifter. God, The
1: Father is so amazing. It really is, so. I I just I I never would have thought I would say I this. I thought I was going to be watching it dutifully, like No Man's yeah. Land. I thought it was going
0: to be virtuous. It is so day.
1: not a chore movie at all. No. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's a great horror film.
1: Well, the thing is, it's not, like, I would say it's not necessarily horror. Like, it doesn't play on, anxiety. well, you know what, there is an element of it. I take that back. Kelly Wan, fair enough. There, there are definitely elements of it. I mean, it's it's a, this isn't a spoiler, but it, it's, it's about someone who has Alzheimer's from his perspective, and that's what's unique about it, and yeah. what's really amazing about the storytelling, uh, and the performances, so...
0: Uh, Do you know who Mark Gaddis is, by the way? Do you know that guy? He played – what's his name in it? He was the guy who wasn't Rufus Sewell.
1: Right, right. He's he's a character actor, but he's also a writer. Do you know what he's written? No. He did the uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Martin Freeman, Sherlock Holmes with Uh, uh, Stephen Moffat. Um, and they also did – and this is my problem with you getting me to watch Nosferatu, the Werner Herzog vampire movie. Yeah, it went uh, right
0: past you. Go
1: on. It did. I totally was like, what? This is so dated. Uh, Mark Gaddis and Stephen Moffat wrote a Dracula miniseries. Oh. Which Wait, is, is that the
0: one on Netflix that I haven't
1: watched? Uh, I think so, yeah. It was a BBC production, but I think it's on Netflix. Uh, it's always it's – it's good. It's amazing, and don't let me spoil it for you because just like they played with Sherlock Holmes, they do stuff with Dracula that never would have occurred even to Herner Wurzog. So that was my main problem with watching Nosferatu as I'd seen Dracula in the last year or so.
0: So you're not excited for the new Nosferatu by the witch director with Anya Taylor-Joy, who doesn't track for you?
1: Can I just say, Anya <laughs> Taylor-Joy is Almost so not- – is so good at looking annoyed. Yeah, that is my favorite thing to see her do.
2: <laughs> and well, Emma she's is always annoyed.
1: She Emma Emma is basically two hours of her being annoyed at someone, and yeah. it is adorable. Mm-hmm. I love it. I feel so. yeah. About so Kelly one like the... as long. As long as Nosferatu annoys her, I will totally be into the Eggers Nos- Nosferatu. Nosferatu annoyed you, so it should annoy her. Exactly. The Nosferatu in the Werner Herzog movie, Kelly Wan, mm-hmm. it's just some guy It's some guy who looks like Klaus Kinski with a shaved head.
0: Oh, it's scary. Don't. don't you're scaring me. I'm not
1: going to be able to sleep tonight. Don't say shaved head. Kelly Wand, my, Dark, uh, don't pick, sleep, my my pick for Best Film Editing that the Academy did not nominate, mm-hmm. for reasons similar to The Father – uh, is uh, an editor named Robert Frazen, who edited Charlie Kaufman's I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Mm. Because for similar reasons, the editing in that, I feel, is such an integral part of, yeah. of the story. Uh, so that's the one that I would personally
0: take. It's a self-indulgent film, so the editing will get easily overlooked. Like, oh, why didn't they cut that? But it's not that kind of movie. It's an examination of a state of mind. So and, I would and, I think it's a solid choice on your part. Yes. And
1: and Charlie Kaufman and, and self indulgent are uh that like right. that's redundant, Kelly Wand.
0: <laughs> well no, I'm saying editing and Charlie Kaufman aren't normally associated with each other. You know what I mean?
1: Well I I will say the thing about editing and this is this applies to both the it's father and uh, to the father and I'm thinking of ending things most of the time, like, editing is something that you don't notice when it's done correctly. Right. You either notice it because it's done poorly or you don't notice it because it's done correctly. Yeah, but right. in some movies, it's a crucial part of what the movie is doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that's my feeling about the father, and I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah.
0: Actually, when you think of – like, there's iconic scenes that you'll rewatch just to savor the editing, like in No Country for Old Men – like the shots between sugar and that uh, gas station guy. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. And also, yeah. I know you're not a Godfather enthusiast, but come on, the shooting of Salazzo, man. That was fucking intense shit. Come on, let's get out of here. I mean, I, right, I, I, right. I don't even know who Salazzo is. I know. That's I, why I didn't want to dwell on this, because I know oh. you're, you're not a Godfather understander. Um, it's
1: not that I'm not a Godfather understander. I would just rather we re-watch The Conversation.
0: <sighs> Isn't there the re- a brain the God- two films... That existed Ke- and are about different subjects.
1: Kellywan, I have it's no like, problem with *The Godfather*. It's simply Minor Coppola. No. What's not? <laughs> Kellywan, speaking of Minor, can we skip the best documentary short? No. I have no idea what these are. I don't one. even know what these documentaries are. Pick one and, and then
0: the listeners will go, "You fucking ignorant idiots." It's, okay, it's, it's best like, documentary short. Colette, a
1: concerto is a conversation. Do not split hunger ward or a love song for latasha
0: oh so spoilery that title what do you pick oh i pick a a concerto as a conversation because it's kind of got that carver feel and also Uh, i like i like complete sentences in my titles like star wars right uh i pick colette why because it's a girl uh there's a there's a french novel called colette i tried to read um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is the greatest podcast ever recorded on any topic. Please continue. Uh,
1: and I couldn't finish it because uh, it was like old, and I forgot. why I was trying to read it, I think a girlfriend once like quoted something. And you tried from to get far much. enough
0: into it to get credit. Yeah,
1: and it. I just and I and oh I, no, that page so. three was really good. Right. Well, the thing is, it's a really great say. It's um from Colette, and I don't even know, remember who wrote it. The line is something. It's it something Colette, along the lines of. I mean, I don't. I don't. No, it's not an autobiography. It's about a, uh, a French schoolgirl. Uh, uh, at any rate, uh, yeah. And so, it can't be. right. And I doubt that the documentary has anything to do with it. So, an so Kelly, one. Can we do the same thing for best documentary feature, or do you want to pick one of these? I'm
0: gonna. Yeah, I want to pick one.
1: Okay, here, here are your Who five choices? Let's get the
0: listeners' value. Because we have only. Right. Released...
1: <sighs> we're a movie podcast, not movie a documentary podcast, podcast though. We well, do I'm... movies, not documentaries. Oh man. So There's if we were to be... do.
0: <laughs> I disagree we were, with you on that one, too, but anyway.
1: Well, okay. Here's yes. the deal then, Kelly Wand. Of these, I'll go first then because of these five, Time, My Octopus Teacher, mm-hmm. The Mole Agent, Crip Camp, and Collective. I sat down and I tried to watch I, – I started to watch, not tried because I will watch this. I started to watch Collective, and Collective looks kind of fascinating to me because it's about a major government reform that took place in R- Romania after – Something like, like 30 people were killed in a nightclub fire. Um, and because the nightclub didn't, like, there, apparently there weren't, I, I'm in assuming, I, I've seen literally five minutes of the documentary. I'm assuming that what's going to happen is we're going to discover that there weren't safety regulations in place. Uh, the outcry led to the collapse of the government. And for a year, they put people in charge of a transitional government. Uh, while they set up new elections. And the transitional government, uh, according to this documentary, was comprised of of technocrats who weren't normally uh, in politics, and they let them, I'm assuming, run Romania for a year. And I'm assuming collectives about that, and I'm fascinated by this. I would love to watch it. But I started watching it, and right away, uh, a gentleman stands up and I think it was like one of his children was killed in the nightclub fire, and there he was clearly in pain from this, and he was addressing like some sort of a town hall or a, a meeting. And I did not want to, like I, seeing that, seeing a man whose actual child has died in a fire is a very different experience from me watching an actor play someone who has lost a, a child. Um, right and, and how i you judge that right yeah well i respond very differently to both of those things it, and and i don't like I, so i will watch the collective yeah, you're at saying. some point yeah you're so um yeah but they i re, they they have a different effect on me yeah. um and, and should... when i watch movies i am not looking for the effect that i have watching a, a guy who really lost his child talking about that
0: if you're watching um, a documentary about the girl who survived Camp Crystal Lake massacres <laughs> you would you'd be sad about don you probably wouldn't finish it be, oh that poor girl
1: well the thing is like some like documentary like us uh, is it called spellbound what's the Spelling bee documentary um, that the guy who did
0: uh, I think it's spellbound
1: yeah like I love that like it's very uplifting it makes me happy in a way that a, a movie doesn't necessarily like just like Cause the these Gregory are real Rex kids spellbound. and real people just like what?
0: the gregory peck spellbound i don't even know what that is oh the uh, hitchcock movie yes oh i've it's never got seen salvador that. dolly dream sequence ah I totally has everything one. to do with what we're talking about but i was going to say one of the nominees is called my octopus teacher and uh-huh. i wound up not watching it because i was watching the preview for it. you know, netflix shows you little trailers for it see right. and it's suck you in that's how i got into queen's gambit uh it was, there was a depressing spoiler in the trailer for my octopus teacher that I would have not watched. I don't want to see that. What the fuck's wrong with you people? Right, right. Yeah. So I had the same, so I'm similar to you. Is it really about an octopus teacher? Uh, I think it's like a depressed dude hangs out with an octopus. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's the happy part. But then it's, it's that they're in actual nature. And so something tragic happens. Oh, is it diver? Yeah, he's a diaries. Oh. Director. So you might like it. And Are it looks like... Kind of makes me want to see it. All right. By the way, it also looks really visually cool. Okay. Like, it, like that was why I was going to see it. But then it was all, wait, what? And then I didn't watch it. But maybe I will, because now I feel like I'm... Now I'm curious. You're making me curious, listening to myself. All right.
1: Well, no, now I've, you've made me curious about a documentary. Well done. I normally wouldn't be. Plus, it's Netflix. It's free. Right, exactly. And if I don't like it, I can just stop watching. Turn Kelly Wand... Let's talk actual movies now. Finally. Best
0: Cinematography. The Academy so has nominated... was at a nightclub. You what? Why was the kid at a nightclub? The kid in the fire.
1: Well, he's an adult
0: what? kid. I mean,
1: you can't oh, have okay. a kid who's like 18. Wow. And I don't
0: know, what's the drinking age in Romania? It's probably like
1: 12. Yeah. Okay. Who knows? All right, cool. Uh, all right, Best Cinematography. These are the nominees. Hmm. Judas and the Black Messiah. Mank. News of the World, Nomadland, and The Trial of the Chicago Uh, 7.
0: What do you pick, Kelly Wand? I guess I'm going to have to go of those choices with uh, Nomadland. (laughs) It's a pretty movie. Fair enough. It made me feel bleak and depressed just the way it wanted to. Yep. Nothing like that
1: uh, She North Dakota skyline, Wyoming or wherever. Yeah. Kelly 1, I picked Mank because it's black and white, and black and white cinematography is way fancier than color
0: cinematography. Who's dumber of the two of us?
1: <laughs> well, Kelly 1, let's talk about movies that may not have been nominated. Oh, yeah. Did you see anything last year that you feel had better cinematography than any of these?
0: Color Out of Space. Oh, I
1: do love the look of that. Yeah. yeah.
0: In fact, I would say that's the most important component of that movie
1: the cinematography? Yeah. He does a thing like I don't I don't know if it's a film stock or if it has to do with the lights that he uses, but he does a thing that makes it look so like a movie shot in the eighties. Yeah, I mean it, it looks it's like just, a
0: Borman movie. Uh, I'd say it looks like a Richard Stanley movie. Kelly I'd say it looks like a Ridley Scott nineteen sixty four.
1: No, because I that's the thing is Hardware and Dust Devils had their own very distinctive look. I thought like. It's kind of like just this side of something shot cheaply for Cinemax. Um, It's like a latter-day Ratner. Ugh, gross. That's (laughs)
0: great. All right, right, let me
1: tell you about my favorite cinematography from last year. Uh, A fella named – shoot, I think it's a Hungarian name. I meant to look this up. His name is Machis Erdly. Oh, Um, awesome. And he actually did a movie – Uh, I watched a movie because of Jared Harris. Like, I'm a big enough fan of Jared Harris. I'll watch anything that he's in. And I got thrown into the mix, Olivia Cook speaking in her actual accent in a horror movie called The Quiet Ones, Hmm. Um, which sadly is not very good. But Olivia Cook, Jared Harris are in it. They're both great. Uh, And it is uh, the director of photography was this Maches Erdely fellow. And Quiet Ones looks really good. It's just a, a. It sort of makes pretensions towards being found footage, but it's about a, a, an institute. It's about some uh, people studying an occult phenomenon in the 70s. So it's a very period piece, uh, but it looks great. So this elderly fellow was hired by Sean Durkin to shoot the movie The Nest. <laughs> and The Nest, I think, in addition to the production design, is gorgeous. It looks like a glossy 70s Life magazine shoot. Um, there's just so much like dark wood paneling. Uh, it's got rich, grainy color to it. A lot of interiors with sunlight coming through windows. Um, and because the, the house where everything takes place is such a crucial part of the the story, like the interiors and the way that Durkin and Erdely shoot it, uh, I just loved the cinematography in The Nest. Hmm. Um, Kelly wand I watch that wait you haven't seen the nest no are you, you kidding me it. you didn't tell me to watch the nest did you it was on my top 10 I thought you would have assumed uh, I didn't no. see I't know so the nest Kelly wand is a uh, color out of space huh. it's about the undoing of a family by insidious forces
0: is it on Amazon
1: um I think it's on uh, I forgot I forget where it is um, but it's out I didn't there. know it work
0: you should see it Okay. All, right,
1: all right. Uh I wouldn't Well, it's not is Martha Marcy May Marlene horror? Yeah. Oh, really? Well, okay, okay. The, it's as Everything's much horror, horror Tom. <laughs> it's as much horror as his last movie. And I, I wish this guy would make more movies because Oh, it's that guy. I think you Marth- need to
0: tell me to watch it. I'm an idiot. I, yeah, I, the Martha
1: Marcy May Marlene, like I love how he manages to take the mundane and make it ominous. Mm-hmm. Uh it's just a real skill and yeah. the the ne- I thought you had seen The Nest. Oh my god.
0: I well, I Kelly Kellywan,
1: we're gonna have we're gonna have more issues going uh, forward on this podcast. Oh. <laughs> okay, I'll brace myself. There will be more talk of the nest. Can we skip animated and live action shorts? No. Yeah, we're skipping that. They're not even uh. real. They're not even long enough to be to count. I pick Wide Eye and Genius Loci. All right, I pick uh, Letter Room and Burrow. <laughs> Congratulations to all the
0: winners. <laughs> Speech.
1: All right, Kelly Wand, best costume design. We already talked. We love costumes. Throw? In...
0: that's like fucking voting for Mitt Romney. Right,
1: okay. The, oh, look, there's one called Opera. I picked that one because I already All right, like Opera. That's, yeah. I, you love your
0: Pavarotti crying.
1: Speaking of Pavarotti crying, let's talk best sound. Ah. The nominees are Greyhound, Mank, News of the World,
0: Soul, and Sound of Metal. Kelly Wand, what do you pick? I obviously have to go with Sound of Metal, although I haven't seen Soul. But Sound of Metal has a very memorable sound. And it sound does, and and just like fruitful. the editing
1: in the Father, uh, it's a huge part of the
0: storytelling, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a whole. It's about. It's a story about sound.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, as you might tell from the title, yeah. yeah, that was another one too that I thought, oh god, it's going to be a, you know, affliction of the yeah, way. it cheered Hallmark me up after movie. the
0: Father. That's how. That's how depressing Father was.
1: <laughs> but. I'm trying to think, like, which one did I feel war- like, because I, I kind of think, I mean, the, the ending of, of, uh, and again, we don't want to spoil things, but, but I, what I love about the ending of Sound of Metal is I think it's ambiguous. I think it's less bleak
0: than the, the father.
1: So. Well, I mean, I did. You could go. It was short. Okay, yeah, absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think the ending of the father is ambiguous at all. You can't no. have a, an ambiguous ending to something like that. That's another no, thing but... about Alzheimer's movies is you know how they're gonna end. Like, what, what. What are you gonna do with them? Um, but the uh, so sound of metal, I liked a lot. And I again, I was kind of dreading seeing it. I was like, oh, yeah. it's a good chore movie about someone going deaf. Uh, but uh, I just, you know, Darius Martor is the fellow who directed it, and what he did with sound in it is, is just uh, amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, easily best sound for
0: me. It was really fascinating to I me. Mean, like that's what they're, because I have a friend who has those implants, and so it was very. Adding ah. to me to know that that's what he was hearing or that's how it would sound.
1: And it's sometimes yeah that they don't work,
0: uh, yeah. Like that it's it's almost a cruel tease. Right, right, right. yeah, like yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I which would you? Oh, never mind, it's spoilery. But I think I would have done what the character does. And that was Olivia Cook, right? Yeah. My yeah. favorite Olivia out of. Well, wow. she's a no. She's come on, seriously. What? I don't know. She, There's too many. I can't keep track of all of them. You're about this, four. There are four Olivias: uh, Cook, Thurlby. Yeah. Uh, oh, they're all. Well, that's not really count. That's a different. That's a whole nother.
1: Oh, that's idea. a whole other category. <laughs> okay. Wait, I mean,
0: I mean, you want me to compare Olivia Coleman and Olivia Thurlby? <laughs> I thought you were. Yeah. Mm,
1: I mean, they're what? all. They're all. Uh, they're tied for number one for me. I
0: both. They're both graded dread. It's a four-way tie for the yeah. best Olivia. It would be yeah. a great four-way, yes. I think that's
1: Kelly. One, was there a movie you saw last year that you would give the award to? I can't over give her sound, you know, sound of Metal. No. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I am taking the award Oops. from Sound of Metal and mm-hmm. I'm giving it to a movie because this movie, just like Sound of Metal, is very much about sound. This movie is also very much about sound. Um, as a matter of fact, it is. It, it, it Sound is such a huge component on, in it, so much so that the two main characters, one of them is a DJ and the other is a telephone operator, and it's very much about the sounds they hear at their job, uh, and it's a movie called Vast of Night. Uh, oh that's a great choice and the sound in that is great like yeah, i love the sound design uh, uh, there's a, a there, sure, there's yeah. a big long passage of it where they're just talking to someone over the phone mm. and the movie does a really cool thing it just gets out of the way it fades to black for a
0: while uh and that's i love how's Her or what isn't that the character's name Fay? Faye
1: crocker very good yeah. kelly wand yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Cause that guy looked like me, so I was kind of like, yeah. See, this is this could have been my life in the '50s.
1: Oh, what was his name? Um, Emmett. Yeah. Uh, Emmett. Not Emmett Till. That's terrible. Um, Emmett. Uh, shoot. There's Emmett. No typing. Pretend you don't hear this. He had an awesome name. It, it's Frey Crocker and Emmett. Uh, whatever. Jake Horowitz is the actor. Um, but yeah, so I love the sound in Vast of Night. Everett Sloan. Everett, I wasn't even close. And I dishonored the memory of M- Emmett Till. I'm terrible. Everett oh, Sloan and Fake Rocker. Right, right.
0: I think that's his first movie, too. What?
1: Uh, I would be very surprised. But you know what, Kelly Wand? So We're going to be talking more about Vast of Night farther up uh, the list. Oh, because best original score. Well, glad you mentioned it. Kelly Wand, <laughs> do you pick the original score for The Five Bloods, Mank? minari news of the world or soul those are the ones the academy nominated best
0: original uh, score i'm gonna go with the five bloods because i'm a big fan of the fifth blood did you even see I'm it no oh, doesn't God. matter
1: i'm not a music guy it's not a music movie it's a vietnam movie it's spike lee is so it's just so lazily put together i just was oh was
0: painful what's your favorite spike lee movie clockers really i think so that one what would you pick
1: jungle fever bro
0: which one jungle fever
1: Mm, i'd have to go back and see that but i just remember clockers it's richard price like uh it's not i like stuff that spike lee doesn't necessarily write like spike lee's a really gifted filmmaker and i don't that's one of the reasons too that defy bloods was so disappointing to me is so much of it just seemed like it was just quickly said, it felt like a Woody Allen movie. Like, Woody Allen, later in his career, just gets to where he's just like, eh, you know what, fuck it, set up the camera, do a couple takes, Show some rain. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, phew, I don't, so Defy Bloods just was... Uh, oh, but Spike know. Lee's not always, like, old boy, I didn't like his old boy, and I didn't like, um, the other right, yeah. Something else. I didn't like something else that I forget.
1: <laughs> well, Defy Bloods, too, like, it's... I love the story it's telling but I just it's
0: it just feels really slapdash to me. That's I my big issue. I okay, I've seen 2 of these movies. All but right, I so, can't remember the score from Minari. Right? Is it good.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, um so let's see of these I, I would pick cuz uh, shoot, I forgot what I would pick. Cuz you I unbolted it so you wouldn't see. Uh <sighs> so I I actually think I did pick Minari. Because so when we did the Nomadland podcast in your synopsis, you at one point referenced the uh, rain piano, and then later there was snow piano, yeah. and that is such a and that and I feel that the soundtrack really did Nomadland no favors. Uh, the soundtrack I thought for Nomadland was just Oscar bait, frankly, like that kind of it just really did feel like obligatory heartstring pulling. Soundtrack to tell you how to feel and I just yeah. really hated that It's um, the music the character would be into So I thought about that while I was watching Minari because uh, there's a lot of stuff that in minari that you could characterize as rain piano or snow piano but there's no snow but it's that kind of you know Sundancey scoring stuff but Minari mixes it up with some really nice choral stuff. Um, the Minari soundtrack has style. Even though some of it does feel very Oscar-baity, um, there's just a lot of it that it, it's just kind of almost like magical and wondrous. Um, so of these movies, I really liked this, the score from Minari. That's mm-hmm. the one I would pick. Did you pick one?
0: Oh, Defy uh, Bloods,
1: yeah. So if we were to go outside of the nominees, obviously I feel like there's one movie, and this is this is – barely even a movie it's more like a support structure for the soundtrack uh that would be my pick do you know what i'm thinking of kelly one for best original score all movies in 2020
0: my pick would have been promising young woman
1: oh okay well hold that thought because I, I was thinking of blood machines uh with the carpenter brute soundtrack oh
0: yeah see um, i can't, I can't I have trouble seeing that as a movie because it's three movies dude well, nah, it's not really. A movie. It's a so
1: no, uh, is it on Shudder or they or Hulu? I forget. Or it was, it was chopped it's on up. Into, yeah, it Wasn't was it chopped here before? before. It was, no, it was a 2020. It was uh, chopped up into three into like it was to be episodic for Shudder, but it's not. It's clearly not. You can see uh, there's a there's a cut where you can see it as as one movie. Uh, the guys the, they call themselves Seth Eicherman. They're a couple of French guys. Uh, they they clearly made it as one movie and Shutter was like now nah, we're gonna do episodic release, um, which was dumb. Um, uh, but it is so definitely a movie, definitely a 2020 release. Well, I watched and them all back to back, so I guess I for did me. Correctly. Well, the thing even back to back, Kelly Wand, because they'll cut and then do the credit sequence, like it was weird. Like I, I just yeah, it was just weird.
0: It's still uh, a short film though. Like you should this should have been best international short film. It's a music um, video that's I think it's
1: long. It's no longer than... Uh, it's no shorter it's than Raja. Slacks. Oh, that's,
0: it's shorter than Slacks.
1: No, it's not. Unfortunately
0: for Slacks. So. No, it's not. Slacks Don't is look an hour up. and 17 minutes. How long is Blood Machines? An hour and 18 minutes. <laughs> Bullshit. Blood Machines, let's see. Um, Nineteen is the first thing I see for Blood Machines. Crazy. 50 minutes. <laughs> I didn't even clock in in an hour. Uh-huh. <laughs> Longer than slacks? You thought you were going to get away with that? That is fucking. Dumb. I kind of did. Yeah, I was hoping. Yeah. Boy, so. you were really You were really playing a pair of twos
1: there. So you picked Promising Young Woman cuz I actually get don't that. remember the music from Promising Young Woman.
0: Don't you remember when there's a part where there's like a part, there's two parts where um there's a part at the beginning where she's walking back from a miserable right. experience and you hear like a, a dreary version of its raiding men and then at the end there's a uh, there's a part where she's walking towards an encounter right. and you hear like a d- super dreary version of Britney Spears is toxic and so I like i don't I think like it scores the scoring
1: is like the 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 soundtrack behind the like It's not a song. Like You're talking about the
0: use of songs, which is great, and that's cool. Um, no, it's not the but, whole song. It's just instrumentals. And it's oh, just oh, I of see what you're song. saying. So it's just part of the texture of the film, so I feel that qualifies as an original score. No, it does. well, first there. of all, if it's a, if it's an arrangement of a song, I don't think it
1: can qualify for original score.
0: Mm, what else would I put it under? Uh, well, you would have to look at what the score... I don't, I don't know. I don't know I don't where know. else to put it, because it's not original song. I don't know. Well, we can best still sound? give it. I mean, I'm I guess sure it's that, the best sound design.
1: I'm sure the promising young woman has a score, so we can still give it your award.
0: You added uh, thud to that? God. To what? The promising young woman, like. I did not. Her? No. <laughs> I know. I know it's promising young woman. Uh you said the promising young woman score. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like I, I'm sure we can give you the. We'll give it right, the fine, award from you.
0: I I didn't see it, but it looks pretty cool.
1: Uh, it's okay. Soul is uh, it's it's cute. Pixar, it's Pixar doing cute um metaphysical stuff.
0: Yeah. So I didn't watch it. I wasn't. food.
1: Yeah. It's got a nice body switch gimmick going. For while it's got the body switch gimmick going, it's awesome. But when it doesn't do its body switch gimmick, I kind of lost interest. Um,
0: but it's good. It's cute. Wow.
1: Body switch.
0: All right. Well, it's a uh, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, yeah. Here's what I think it is, not having seen it, so it can't be a spoiler, because it's just okay. based on the poster. Okay. I think it's Heaven Can Wait with Black People and Music. <laughs> uh, no, not at all. Damn it! I mean, the whole
1: thing is... Uh, like it's a dog. Just, uh, it's, the, it's not at all like a... The, the fact that uh, the main character is black is is not at all part of the movie's message. It's not? Okay, there's like
0: soul music and Heaven's I, soul. I thought the same soul. thing. I,
1: okay. Yep, Matt. I thought the same thing. Right. Yeah. See? As a matter of fact, what's kind of cool about Soul is if you don't know, and I think they were really cagey with the initial trailers for it. Uh, if you don't know what's going on with it, um, I don't.
0: So maybe I'd like. So it. yeah, yeah, it's fun. And, and when then you, you know what's cute. A part of me died. Well, it is very uh, like. Is it is it animation for kids? <laughs> Pixar. Ugh, what a stupid universe I live in. All it's right. no good. Dinosaur. <laughs>
1: I mean that in a good way. Like I'm saying it's not it's not like that level of Pixar. It's no cars uh, or good dinosaur, but also it's what no about in, planes, inside or, or the
0: in planes or I,
1: I I'm fortunate I'm happy to be able to say I've never seen planes, so. Kelly Wand, best original song. Oh, I don't know a one I, of these. Yeah, I
0: I'm just not a music dude. I couldn't
1: I yeah uh, and I've seen let's see. No, I've seen... I've seen one. So I picked it Okay, which one did you? So there's a song in Judas and the Black Messiah, Trial of Chicago Seven, Eurovision Song Contest, Life Ahead. Uh... Eurovision
0: Song Contest.
1: What was that? I think it's a Will Ferrell movie.
0: Okay. Is it good? Uh,
1: and w- I haven't seen it. Uh, and then One Night in Miami. Yeah.
0: So that, that, I that not that looked like five biopics in one. So I didn't watch it.
1: Uh, four biopics four or biopics one. yeah it's also a stage play and I, I bailed on it pretty quickly uh, I was not into it yeah uh I'm gonna go ahead and pick oh so of
0: those what do you pick? all you these have- are biopics except for the wolf Ferrell one I went with Charles of Chicago seven because they saw the movie. What's here my voice do you know when they play the song is it over the credits or something uh, I think it's over the credits at the end. Uh, yeah uh, okay which is dumb because it's like now I'm picking an original song for a period piece about the 60s. Right, and <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll stick to my choice. All Just right, show how dumb the Oscars are. Well, well I'm, I'm actually going.
1: Thoughts.
0: I'm actually going to pick "Uh,
1: Speak Now" from One Night in Miami, because I didn't realize this. Music and lyrics by Leslie Odom Jr. and Sam Ashworth. Now
0: he's really good on the uh, Warriors. On the Warriors. Oh, that's Lamar Odom. Never mind. Okay, what? So I, I was going
1: to say, do you know who Leslie Odom Jr. is?
0: You may Obviously, not. I do because I just referred to his basketball career. Uh,
1: I don't know what you're doing, but it sounds like a sports reference, which is why I don't understand it. Uh,
0: Let's do Kel- a podcast
1: about movies <laughs> Kelly Wan, There's a really uh, prescient um, pandemic movie called I think it's just called Only, and it stars a woman named Frida Pinto. I, I think that no, not Frida. That's the painter. Shoot, who's who plays? Um, uh, the girlfriend in that uh, Rise of the Apes, that, that first Planet of the Apes movie, the super hot Latina veterinarian that goes out with James Vega. No. Oh. Uh, shoot, what is her name? Frida. Ugh, I'm not typing. On. Pretend I'm not typing.
0: Pretend I'm not typing.
1: Pretend I'm not typing, too. Pretend I'm not typing. So I have to tell you why I know who Leslie good. Odom Jr. is. Uh, oh, Frida Pinto. Who's the famous painter then? <laughs> uh, the one with the eyebrows? Yeah. That's Selma Hayek. <laughs> so there's an actress named Frida not Pinto. Talking. not talking. Um, she's gorgeous, and I, I saw her in a pandemic movie called Only, which is really – I like Only a lot with one problem, and that is Frida Pinto is awful in it. Uh, and it's about a, a man and a woman uh, during this, this pandemic lockdown, who defy the lockdown, uh, for a very specific reason. And the woman in the couple is terrible, the actress. The guy in the couple, I'd never seen him before. I found the guy fascinating. I really liked him. I'd never seen him before. Didn't know anything else he was in, but really liked him in this movie only. So, fast forward a little bit, and Disney puts up their, filmed version of Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. I had never seen Hamilton. I had no desire to see it. Not into musicals. I couldn't care less about a musical about the guy who wrote the Federalist Papers. Like, why? That seemed ridiculous. Furthermore, I knew that it was like hip-hop, not my kind of music. Fine, whatever. But I went ahead and watched it. And, oh my God, Hamilton was amazing. And my pick for best original song from a movie in 2020 You can name any song in Hamilton, and that's my pick. Uh, If I had to pick one, there's a song called My Shot, because that's where, for the longest time, I got hung up trying to watch Hamilton. I think it's like the third musical number in there, and I just kept rewinding it and letting that number play over and over. I went to watch that, listen to it like 20 times before I got into the rest of the musical. So I love Hamilton so much, and in Hamilton... The guy who plays Aaron Burr is Leslie Odom Jr., who uh-huh. I had just seen in this pandemic movie. Uh, mm-hmm. And who plays, uh, I forget who he plays in uh, One Activision. Night in Miami. Well, he's in One Night in Miami. I forget. I, he's not Malcolm X. I forget who he's playing. Um, but he, he apparently wrote this original song in One Night in Miami. So that's my pick for
0: what the Academy picked. Um,
1: Kelly Wan, have you seen Hamilton?
0: No, I don't see movies about presidential <laughs> candidates uh from 1813.
1: <laughs> he, he actually sabotaged any chance he had to, to be president, so.
0: He lost the duel to Aaron Burr. Is that in the right. movie? Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, no. He 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 I read the, the novel Burr by Gore Vidal. Well, like, look at you. Yeah, they're white in that. <laughs> I had so I don't uh, like musicals, so I don't know if I Hamilton I don't either. For me, I don't it either helps. and here do I you am, like opera. Love, that's kind of musical.
1: I do like opera, yeah. But the thing is like I don't like musicals and I'm not into hip hop. I mean, I, I guess I am now that I love Hamilton so much, but um no, you would be into Hamilton. I can't imagine someone not being into Hamilton. And that's what I'd heard all these years Mike Pence from people. Wasn't.
0: pardon. Mike Pence wasn't, and he's a theater doyen. Did he speak out against Hamilton? No, they. How dare it's he? Too boring to get into. Okay, uh, but I think you would be into Hamilton. Yeah. Oh, my my choice for best original song is from uh, the the motion picture Cats, and. Uh, oh, that did come out last year, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's the song Midnight and the Kitties are sleeping. I think. It's right. Just Cats theme.
1: You know really. who sings that?
0: Uh, Florence Page. <laughs>
1: I have no idea.
0: Clarence uh, Age.
1: Someone in a creepy CG Smart cat.
0: <laughs> Wait, what did you say? I might have been wrong. What was, I was your say guess? some
1: I, I have no idea? Someone in a creepy CD CG cat uh, get up.
0: Uh that girl from Scrubs. Juliana Margulies. She's from ER. She's a, uh,
1: Kelly Wan, let's now get into the meat and potatoes of the Academy Awards. These are the categories that people actually care about. That's how you pronounce that show's title. Let what show's title? It wrong
0: all ears. ER. <laughs> I didn't know it was an acronym. All right, back to what you were saying. <laughs> uh, Kelly won for Bill Tom
1: Best Original Screenplay. I'm going to read. Oh, they nominated I'm a ton of them. Now I start giving a shit. All right, here we go. Judas and the Black Messiah. Burson. What? Oh no no. Oh, whoops. That's, I went down. Okay, never mind. You're so. Shut up. Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm-hmm. Minari. Promising Young Woman, hmm. Sound of Metal hmm. and Trial of Chicago Seven. Hmm. Kelly One, what do
0: you pick as best original screenplay? I am going to Okay, I have a so this is I have my real choice and my nominee choice, right? Okay. So this is my nominee choice. Right? Right? Sure, yeah, yeah. Okay, my nominee choice is uh, Sound of Metal, um, by Darius Martyr and Abraham Martyr. What do you like about the screenplay? I thought it was really good. I thought it was well written. Um I thought it was. It's. It, I like. Script, I, I couldn't tell how much of it was improvised and how much of it was written. That's yeah. always like an exciting. That that to me is the sign of a good screenplay. Um, I love that
1: it doesn't lionize the deaf community. Right. Like it doesn't make them seem like this is. They're all good and noble, and they will save you from the affliction of deafness, and they will salvage your life. Everyone like I, felt
0: real, even like the yeah. dad of the girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Like they all had, and it, it was. Um, it was right. It was the night before. Um, I just watched Trial of Chicago 7 like last night or two nights ago. I forget what day it is. Vaccination. But I was kind of disappointed at it. I thought it was like a, low, a very minor Sorkin. So like, okay. I thought that was going to dislodge Sorkin. Like, Oh, Aaron Sorkin's dialogue is going to. Right, right. But no, Sound of Metal was way better.
1: So what would you pick then outside of for yourself, outside of what was not. I'm
0: sorry. I, I didn't mean to cut you off on your Sound of Metal.
1: No, 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 no. I don't know. That's, that's quite all right. I mean I say I just – I really like that that, uh, that screenplay as well. I think Darius Martyr's script is – oh, and you know, by the way, he wrote that with uh, the um, Place Beyond the Pines guy, uh, uh, Derek Cien France. Uh, ah.
0: he, he wrote that with him. Yeah. That's, I can see that. Yeah. They do have the same flavor. I liked every minor character in Sound of Metal, like the girl who got the tattoo I liked. I, I mean, it's that. just so vividly realized. Like, yeah, like the every... kids didn't annoy me. That's the sign of a good screenplay. <laughs> right there, you go. Yeah. Uh, um,
1: did you recognize the uh, black deaf uh, teacher, the woman who's uh, in the who's one of the teachers in the community? No. You know why you familiar. didn't? Because no. you haven't kept up with Walking Dead. <laughs> uh, dear, I am very proud of that. <laughs> well. I recognized. yeah. Uh, the whole time I was watching going, Why do I know who she is? Why why have I seen her who play a deaf
0: characters? She, no, she shows out. up
1: after you go, gave up. She plays a one of the survivors who is she's I presume she's deaf in real life, but she plays a deaf character in uh, Walking Dead as well. Yeah. Walking Deaf. Which, uh, how much would that suck, to be deaf in a zombie
0: apocalypse? Yeah, I don't know. It's like you'd be better in some ways because you would hear the, the No, you wouldn't. Thing. You would be better in zero ways. What are you talking about? Well, the zombies There's... don't make noise. Yes,
1: they do. Kelly, <laughs> you would be – it would not help I'd rather at be all. deaf
0: than blind in a zombie apocalypse. Oh, well, of course. Right, right. But, but I you know don't... what? Sense of smell. She'd have a heightened sense of smell, like Wolverine. Yeah, I don't know if that devil. works. <laughs> okay. uh, excuse me. I think I know a little something about medicine. <laughs> Mr. Theology. Kelly Wall, what was your
1: favorite original screenplay outside of the thing? I have a film degree
0: it? from Long Beach State University. All right. How about that? Very good. It's Mr. Harvard. Uh <laughs> the best original screenplay I thought did you see it's the most picture of uh, Palm Springs. Oh, okay. I
1: mean again we talk about like playing with structure and gimmicks and but it was very much like a genre. I, I, you know, I think I'm just too annoyed by uh, Andy Samberg to enjoy it. Oh, you're one of those. I am one of those. I know. I'm sorry. Why? What's
0: and his quality to you? He's fine in it. I mean, I,
1: I can, I can is stomach it him. Is his look,
0: or is it his delivery, or his voice, or something? What is uh,
1: it? Well, for? I can stomach him for the length of one of those like a uh, lazy Monday uh, musical shtick video things that he does. That's my window of tolerance for Andy Samberg. You like dick in a box. Dick in a box. I'm on a boat. All of those those are fine. Uh, Jizz in my pants. That's about as long as I can take that guy. Yeah. Then what happens to you? Uh, And then I'm watching watching Palm Springs wishing, oh, God, can we go back to J.K. Simmons
0: already? Yeah. Yeah. Little Joey's watering dog shit, Tom. (laughs) It's weird and kind of beautiful. Come on. That's good writing. Uh no, it's a it's a fine
1: script, yeah. Uh, I did I did enjoy it more than I thought I would. Yeah. But you would pick that for your best original, original screenplay of everything you saw. Wow.
0: See that much. And I was really begged. Fair enough. Well and, tell you, what, you know, sentimental can't have everything. I'm trying, I'm one of those distribute the wealth Oscar. Sure. Ball. Yeah. Let them all feel the love
1: right? to get something so it has well to Kelly one to I've all. done the opposite of distributing the love and I'm gonna pick from the, the screenplay category I'm gonna pick my choice and the Academy's nominee choice they're the same for me and it's the only time that's gonna happen tonight I won't stand for it later on but my favorite screenplay screenplay from last year uh, I think was Minari it's uh, really good. I just love what Lee Isaac Chung did as far as telling a story about growing up in Arkansas yeah. as a Korean and it wasn't all of these and I I know this is going to sound terrible. I mean, I grew up in Arkansas as a white guy and you know, I had my own experience like I you know, I wasn't the subject of racism, but I was around a lot of racism and a lot of racial tension and that was a big part of me growing up and it was weird and unpleasant. Um, so, I can imagine obviously that must have been part of Lee Isaac Chung growing up, but he didn't make it the centerpiece of the story he wanted to tell. Um, obviously, him feeling like an outsider was part of it, but there is never a moment in Minari where anyone is hateful or judgmental. Or mean to his to this family because they're Korean and I don't doubt that he experienced that of course but that's just not part of the story he wanted to tell the story he wanted to tell was full of affection for his family and the place that they grew up and I just love that about a story you know you look at that fucker JD Vance and I cannot stand that guy that guy is he I, I just he makes my skin crawl. Who's that?
0: He, I don't know who that is. Yeah, he, he
1: wrote Hillbilly Elegy about growing oh, up in I West Virginia and about how all of his friends were on drugs and his family was on drugs and everybody was like poor and destitute and miserable um and how he pulled himself up by his bootstraps and he got out of there and saved his family. Like I, it it that movie's ugh, I it's the opposite. It's like it's Are like, there like Black the, people at
0: it. In hillbilly
1: elegy? I don't think so.
0: Interesting. Okay. No.
1: All right. I mean, the thing is, like, he he grew up in a very insular white community, uh, so no, it's it's Joe's mansion okay. territory. Um, it's the south, but it's a it's it's a very I'm sure there are blacks in West Virginia, um, but it's it's not I'm like. I'm just curious. I bet if I saw you know, it, I wouldn't even. Yeah. Just, well, the thing is, like, I like hillbilly know. elegy, and the the movie's just Ron Howard Schlock, uh, and the that book is. Just J.D. Vance schlock Yeah, Ron Howard did the movie uh, And J.D. Vance is And this is not the least bit surprising If you've read Hillbilly Elegy He's like all in for Trump now Like there was some There was an early feint Towards him being a principled conservative But that went by the wayside And he's now just a a pro-Trump guy Um, But Minari and Hillbilly Elegy Are night and day to me One of them is cold And ultimately I feel kind of just hateful and dispassionate and oblivious and the other one is just affectionate and warm and affirming and it just makes me happy about being from the south. Um, so I, I love his screenplay for Minari. Uh, and I love too, like I watch Minari, like I love how Korean it is. Yeah. Uh, just as far as uh, this family that moves here and is retaining elements of Korean culture And wanting to grow Korean vegetables to sell to Korean restaurants. Uh, Like I love Minari as a story about a cultural struggle, Um, very much like something like Big
0: Night, for instance. Uh, I love that last scene, and I love all the scenes with the kids, which is something you'll never hear me say again on this podcast. Right, there was um, – there are two where they interact with the church kids, and both those exchanges are awesome. And you kind of – you sort of ruined one for me, but it made me want to see the movie. It was kind of your – Okay, good, good. Yeah, I am sorry about ruining it because it's such a precious moment, isn't it? But yeah. the other one's really good too. Yeah. It's where yeah. the boys talk. And, yep. uh, and, then, it, and then it's instant uh, – they instantly bond right afterwards. like oh, okay, well, well, the clear thing that is – Exactly. <laughs> Kelly Wan and any
1: other – Movie, there would yeah. be this sort of facile. Oh, and then he gets bullied by the other kid, and then but, that kid
0: sticks up for him. It's like, yeah, That's so pretty boring. Yeah. yeah So I, I just, I, no, l- I love that. Love the other the reason screenplay. I wouldn't pick Minari as my best uh-huh. screenplay is because the whole film was just sort of like this jewel that I can't separate. That, like, the, the casting was perfect. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, and just the cinematography was great, and so in a way, it's a victim of its success. Like, I just, I, that it's an amazing screenplay, and that last scene's so good. I mean the thing is, yeah, like there are no what, bad scenes. Oh yeah, yeah. So and, and I, I I do want to jump ahead
1: to to my my own pick. He wasn't, I don't think he was nominated. But my pick for supporting actor, Steven Yeun is just that guy is a superstar as far as I'm concerned. I so I remember him from Walking Dead. They didn't. He was a. I remember when he, he showed up.
0: Wasted on that show.
1: Wasted. Yeah, they did nothing with him. Uh, when he shows up, he's just like a, an Asian pizza delivery guy who randomly like falls in with the survivors and even when they like kill him I like it's it's just... for his decency, Tom. Ugh That's I, I the
0: mean the quality on that show is decency. Right,
1: exactly. Decent Brain. Asian guy. Yeah, exactly. So seeing him in Burning, where he plays yeah. this really cold, calculating, rich, snobby guy, like he, he's a villain in Burning and he's amazing in that. And then in Minari, like he is so quiet and subdued in Minari, but there is so much, like, fuming and desperation, and there's a scene where he is angry at his son and punishing him, mm-hmm. and he's not, like, letting this anger fly, but you can tell he's just fuming at what his son has done, and he loves his son, obviously, but just the, the stuff that they give him to do, kind of in the background and on the sidelines and with subtext, um... Just as a suffering and his father. frustrations, yeah. yeah,
0: and as a husband, cause yeah, exactly, so I really exactly, wife, like and this is the movie that people in the South should see. It's like they have this. It's we're all the same. I mean, that, <laughs> that, that's same thing. We all want the same shit. And that is the beauty of the script, Kelly
1: Wand. Is for all its cultural trappings, it is so incredibly universal. Like there is – everybody can understand your father's angry at you. Uh, you don't – your grandmother's weird. Uh, your brother's yeah. annoying. Uh, you know, why is your mom Your wife upset? has doubts. Right, exactly, exactly. Your kids All of this stuff is yeah. so universal, yeah. Um, and, note, so, and note
0: though, it's it's a period piece. It's the 80s.
1: Right, well, a period piece and it's also rural Arkansas. I mean it's – you know, I also like <laughs> Will Patton as a oh as an unhinged Christian. Yeah. It is one of the most, and I say this, I know, I, I say this, I am very carefully choosing this word, but Will Patton's performance is beautiful because mm-hmm. there's something to like beatific about how religious his character yeah. is. That is yeah. amazing, uh, and and he and, has you know, a
0: lot of integrity.
1: Yeah, oh I, and they're not making fun of him either. No. Exactly. He's a great character. Uh yeah. I mean everybody is. There are no jerks, there's no villain in oh, Minari. Man. I love even, that. In, even in the little scene, like where he's trying to get a bank loan or sell his vegetables yeah. or nobody is ever a dick to him yeah. or to anybody. Like this is about good people yeah. struggling with their own frustration and what they want and expect yeah. from, from life in the world. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh Minari just has no business being as good
0: as, as, as it is. It's no. astonishing to me. Um, and maybe but, a sign of how great the script is is a lot of it's done through expressions. Like it's kind of a quiet oh, film. Quiet film and,
1: and also just like, you know, you, you they speak in Korean a lot. Like I'm reading a lot of subtitles. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I love too – so there, there's a lot a of moment... shots of people working
0: too. I always like that, like just uh, farming, like actually farming.
1: So one of the things I started doing this year is I planted a garden. So right. I've been growing a garden yes. and watching Minari, because Minari uh, is did also you minari? Did you? No, no, minari? not Minari. Oh. I, I just just regular like white people vegetables, but uh, oh, yeah. nothing exotic. Um, but but, uh, but but Minari definitely is in
0: love with like watching crops grow. Like it knows how cool that yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's 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 infectious. It totally made me feel the same way, and made yeah. me hate Orange County even more. Thanks, Minari. Appreciate it. Now, now my TV is the greenest thing in my life. So. Well, one of the more talented
1: actors in uh, Minari, and you may not realize this, uh, the state of Oklahoma plays Arkansas. Oh, really? Yeah, shot in Oklahoma. How about would that? You,
0: would you, as an Arkansas native, would you did you instantly go, wait a minute? Only when I read that, because I, I assumed it was... a way sh- differently shaped state. You can see the pokey part <laughs> out to the east. Arkansas used to have a... They used Boy, to try to, to look
1: his gun, back at it. <laughs> it's a shootout. All right, Kelly Wand, let's go now to adapted screenplays. These come from uh, other things. So, for instance, Borat's subsequent movie film, The Father, Nomadland, One Night in Miami, and The White Tiger. Of
0: those, what do you pick? Uh, I haven't seen The White Tiger, and I don't know what it is. It's a Bollywood. It's a, uh,
1: So uh, Ramin Barani is, a, is actually a very good director, but it's a kind of a gangster. It's a India Goodfellas thing. It's not very good. I didn't care for it.
0: And One Night in Miami, I haven't seen. From a play, right. Um, but I would go with The Father. The, the dialogue in The Father is, is perfect, and it has lines I'll never forget. I mean, me too, oh. easily, just as far as taking it's, a play and
1: yeah. – like, I think if you and, yeah. had not told – I'm trying to think. Yeah, if you had not told me that The Father was based on a play, I don't know. Like, one night in – well, I was going to say, like, one night in Miami, I might have guessed it. Uh, certainly, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, you can tell that's based on a play. But I don't think I would have guessed that The Father was based on a play if I hadn't known in advance.
0: Really? I mean – It's all interiors. Well, the that fact is if, if you've got Alzheimer's disease, you're not out and about very much. It had, It's interiors and very few actors and really good actors. Those are right. the three ingredients for plays to move. Around. Fair enough. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, – so, yeah, Well, these, the dialogue is perfect.
1: It's perfect. Yeah. Uh, if you had to pick something that wasn't nominated – I can't. The father you can't crush okay. it. Because I'm going to actually pick my favorite movie from last year because I feel that it actually was the single most faithful adaptation of Lovecraft I've ever seen. And not, not, that's not true. The second most faithful. A fellow named Andrew Lehman did a Call of Cthulhu that is just a straight up black oh, and white silent film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I love how faithful that is. Um, but as far as getting at the intent of Lovecraft and what Lovecraft is doing, so few films don't do that. You know, games, uh, movies, uh, a lot of, like, Lovecraftian writers, I feel, don't understand the fundamental nature of of, of H.P. Lovecraft. And I feel that Richard Stanley's adaptation of Color Out of Space is way, way more Lovecraftian than the other adaptations of Color Out of Space that I've seen. And there's no
0: studio notes. Like, they left him alone
1: well i mean like the opposite sure, of Moreau. he didn't have a studio like he scraped around right. to get as much money as he could
0: exactly yeah yeah but it was a huge success and now he's going to do *Dunwich horror because it was everybody loves it well you don't think what i he, the, uh, well the said, guy's oh. in trouble and, and like these he's,
1: he's oh, the allegations he? of a, abuse and stuff like i I don't know what's oh. going to happen to him. Oh, I,
0: I, i might not have it, he
1: just was in a really uh bad oh. relationship as far as the, the, a woman he was in a relationship with has put out just these just horrific allegations about how abusive he was and uh, verbally
0: or physically,
1: uh, both. Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, 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 mentally and physically. Uh, so I don't I don't know if he'll be working like I, I, that's going to impact the guy's career. Um, and as much as I would love to see a production of of Dunwich Horror, I I would not be surprised if things started falling apart for the guy. Uh, I didn't um, know about any of that. That's I mean, it's it, yeah, that 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 does suck. That's the a loss to to all. I, I know. I want to <laughs> like man, the guy. Like right. I hate I, I you know you hate when you find out your heroes are assholes. Uh, yeah. But I think
0: the rule is you can enjoy a movie that they made before you knew they were an asshole.
1: I mean the thing is like I enjoyed right? uh I enjoyed Ghostwriter after Roman Polanski had fled the country. To evade rape charges. Like, I'd, you can yeah. still enjoy something even right. once you know someone's an asshole. I can why... give
0: up Rosemary's Baby but I can still be appalled for. Right, exactly, yeah. But so from... I will say, that, did you watch any of uh, the Pharaoh versus Allen on HBO? Uh, I did not because it's a documentary and I
1: watch movies, but also because I don't feel like I needed to know any more about that. Like,
0: should I? Like, why did you watch that? Uh, because uh, it was on, and I just own it. Okay. Oh, and I was bored, and, it, and I kind of wish I hadn't, because it did make me feel, actually, like, yeah, I can't I mean,
1: it. I was never the Woody Allen fan that you and Christian were, so I, I uh, like, I I don't, no great loss for me. It's like Michael Jackson, so I don't care, I never cared for the guy anyway, he was a weirdo,
0: I don't, there's no love lost for Well, I song. always compartmentalize that shit anyway, but that was the, sure. it was like, it's making the case, no, you can't do that, you but, by the end, right, maybe right. I can't, I don't know, jeez, Sucks.
1: Suck. Well, for now, I still do my, my favorite adapted screenplay. So don't screen watch play.
0: yet. <laughs> you, have to, you have to make decisions.
1: Yep. Yeah, well, for now, though, my favorite adapted screenplay is still Color Out of Space. So.
0: That's a that's a great choice. I don't remember any of the dialogue from it, and I haven't seen it nearly as many times as you have, so I feel less qualified. It's well, I, I, so I, uh,
1: I wrote a piece at quarter to three about how a lot of Lovecraft adaptations will do things like – like Stuart Gordon loved throwing sexuality into his scripts. Like he did weird Chicago experimental theater before he did movies. So he loved taking Barbara Crampton's top off of her and having the headless guy like – Well, who her. didn't?
0: That's right, win- exactly.
1: Win. Right. But that Lovecraft was – notoriously asexual like that you don't right. find a lot of sexuality in
0: lovecraft hey uh, his jewish wife said he was an adequate lover tom <laughs> right in the autobiography
1: <laughs> all right kelly one let's talk cartoons oh
0: those are real movies not documentaries
1: best animated feature film uh i'm guessing you've seen zero of these onward no. over
0: the moon no. uh farmageddon no. soul and no. wolf walkers what do you pick no. Um, Of the five I haven't seen as an Academy Award non-member, I am going to go with Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, because it sounds uh, like Michael Bay, like lots going on, American Flags. Certainly quite or, the portman too. Farmageddon's yeah. not a word I've heard before. Yeah, I like the idea that a Sean the Sheep movie is the beginning of the title too, like I'm supposed to know – like usually it would be the other way around. Like Farmageddon, Sean the Sheep, Sean yeah. no, the Sheep guy. But it's
1: I'm I'm like picking Soul because it's the only one I've seen. Um, yes. Kelly Wand, Best Actress in a Supporting Role, Maria Bakalova from the Borat movie, Glenn Close from Hillbilly Elegy, <laughs> <laughs> Olivia Colman from The Father, Amanda Seyfried from Mank, or yu Jung Yoon from Minari. Is Yoo Jung Yoon the wife? The
0: grandmother. You know who, what? I'm gonna give it. She just won an Oscar. No, she won a. Uh, what did she win? A SAG award.
1: Who? Did, who did? Yoo Jung Yoon. Oh, good for her. I mean, I think she's an established Korean actress. Um, but so, I love in Minari too. Like she starts out being kind of a, a clown, but that's, yeah, that's that. I think that Minari is ultimately. Uh, uh, Isaac Lee Chung shoot, uh, Lee Chung whatever Chung's story about how he loves his grandmother like I feel like that's kind of the point of Minari is how he found out that his grandmother is actually pretty, cool yeah exactly going from a, a weird old lady who shows up to live with his family to someone that is really cool yeah and the movie sort of walks you through that discovery uh, so yeah I love
0: that she's nominated um, so but, of uh... of these who would you pick I'm actually going to give it to Maria Bakalova, though, because I don't think anyone's ever going to – I think she's always going to be – I think she was really underrated. She was a huge part of that movie. Mm, so I mean I think she's going places.
1: I think you're going to see a lot more of her. That definitely – I don't uh, think she's
0: going to win an Oscar.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Good lord. I mean and, unless it's like the Marissa Tomei kind of situation. And, right,
0: and there's also no comedies up for an Oscar for Best Picture, which I find an outrage, although – Um. Well, Kelly Wand, Hillbilly Elegy is pretty risable. <laughs> Oh, Oh, that's that's not for Best Picture though. So fair enough. Yeah. Is it a comedy? No. (laughs) Okay, well then it's totally pertinent. That is a good point. Uh, So I'm gonna go with Amanda Seyfried. No, I don't know. Amanda Seyfried's in Mank. Awesome. Uh, She plays uh,
1: an actress who I think is. Is there a famous actress in Citizen Kane? Like Rita Hayworth or something? No. No. I don't know who she plays. She plays a famous actress that I got to the. That's as far as I got into the movie where her character shows up. Um. I'm like yeah, look, there's a man to I'm sure she's good, but I'm not gonna watch it's this. It's
0: about movie. a lame actress, which is interesting because no one remembers who played her. <laughs> it's kind of kind of an odd thing about the greatest movie ever made. Uh, but uh, I, Maria Bakalova was really good. Um, she was the comic crown jewel of Borat's subsequent movie film.
1: All right, God damn I would. It. I'm gonna go with one of the top four Olivias in show business. Yeah. Uh, Olivia Coleman and the Father, because I. She's just – it's just yeah. heartbreaking how good she is in that and and also just as a career award. Like I kept thinking about rubbing her thighs uh, from The Favorite um, and she's got oh, an yeah. amazing scene with Tom Hiddleston in Night Manager. Uh, did you see that, that miniseries? Now. I want to. God, there's just such a – well, yeah, she she's great in that. I, I, I like her so much and it's just seeing her – you can't Just give go- career
0: awards. She won an Oscar for the favorite. You can't give her an Oscar for the favorite again. Okay, fair enough. This is straight up
1: for the father then, yeah. Actually, unfortunately, she's not my pick. My actual pick for supporting <laughs> actress yeah. uh, is a woman named Sierra McCormick, hmm. who plays Faye Crocker in the movie Vast of uh. Night, because that script for Vast of Night has such a particular pattern mm-hmm. and a rhythm to the way the characters talk. Yeah. And it is electrifying. Mm-hmm. I mean, as soon as that movie starts, the way people are talking just grabs hold of like I I find Vast of Night just one of the, the most incredibly paced movies because I love listening to the dialogue long shots in that. Too. Long, long shots. Yeah. And Sarah McCormick and Jake Horowitz, who I would both they're they're kind of co leads. Just a duet. It's definitely a duet. Now, unfortunately, I've chosen Steven Yeun for my Best Supporting Actor already, so I can't give it to Jake Horowitz, but I would choose for Supporting actress Sierra McCormick and uh, in she lets night. him hold it. Exactly. Share it with Jake, Sierra, and yeah. and she's just so adorable too. Like I just yeah, love I her, her, her outfit and carrying yeah, around and her her,
0: hair, her glasses. Yeah, her
1: hair and her glasses and the tape recorder and the trombone or whatever accent. it is. Yeah. yeah. Trom- oh my
0: god.
1: Just so cute. Uh, and 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 the thing is, they're like the 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 thing that they're investigating. Like uh, there's this. I almost want to say like Scooby Doo for adults, but uh, it's I don't know that such a thing exists. Uh, but just yeah, as it's these like Scoob,
0: Tom, it's called what? It's called Scoob. <laughs> but you know, just it's, they're
1: they're it's as dark. like as investigators, as as people who discover something mysterious and look into it, maybe to their detriment. Uh, I, I I love those two characters so much, and with 1950s just, tech, and right, well, and that's,
0: during a basketball game. Right, right, where the whole town is out and busy yeah. with the basketball game, yeah, 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 and it's and you see the game happening multiple times during the movie. Come on, that's fucking crowd control, you,
1: Yep, Woo. yep, yeah. So Kelly, Juan, a lot
0: of work. Do you have someone you would nominate
1: for, or uh, you would pick for best supporting actress besides Maria Bakalova? No. All right. Well, then that means it's time for best actor in a supporting role. I've already handed my award to Stephen Yeun. Uh, however, if I were to choose one of these five nominees from Sasha Baron Cohen from Trial of Chicago 7, Daniel Kaluuya from Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr. from One Night in Miami, Paul Rassi from Sound of Metal, and Lakeith Stanfield from Judas and the Black Messiah, I would give it to uh-huh. Daniel Kaluuya. Hmm. Uh, now wow. I did not I did not like Judas and the Black Messiah that much. Like I loved the two leads, Lakeith Stanfield and uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Um, But the thing that was amazing, so you did not watch Judas and the Black Messiah, right? No. So, uh, but we did watch Trial of Chicago 7. And uh, a part of what's happening in Trial of Chicago 7, it was about um, these uh, protests that took place in Chicago during the Democratic National Convention in I want to say 68, that may not be correct, but no, thereabouts. about 68. 68. 68. Okay, good. Uh, and, uh, the Justice Department, Nixon's Justice Department wanted to prosecute people for those protests. Uh, so they rounded up eight people and they put them on trial. Uh, and this is Aaron Sorkin's pl- uh, screenplay about that trial. And it's a very, very Aaron Sorkin script. Kelly Wan feels that it's minor Sorkin. Uh, I it's think very –
0: it's more Hollywood than I thought it was going to be.
1: It is pretty Hollywood. Yeah, it's pretty Hollywood. But uh, I, I – it's, it's – it's Compared tim- to Steve Jobs. It's like timely them. in ways that I think it had no idea it would be timely. Right. Uh, so – uh, I really liked – and so they start out eight people being uh, prosecuted. One of the people being prosecuted was Bobby Seale, who's one of the founders of the Black Panthers, and he had been lumped in there, and at a certain point in the trial, he was kind of mistrialed out of being among the defendants. Mm-hmm. Now, behind Bobby Seale, Kelly Wan, do you remember there's a younger black guy? Fred Hampton. Exactly. And did you know who Fred Hampton was? Because Fred I the didn't. Black Panthers. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the in in Chicago, exactly. He was the head yeah. of the 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 Chicago
0: chapter of the Black Panthers. But Chicago Seven reminded me of this, so that's kind of how I know. So, yeah. did you know beforehand who he was and, and the the deal with him? Uh, I knew he got shot and there were cops smiling, so he was an assassination.
1: Yeah. So and and the thing is, this guy was like 21 years old when he was killed, which is amazing I didn't know that. to me. Yeah. yeah.
0: Amazing.
1: Uh, so Judas and the Black Messiah, Daniel Kaluuya plays Fred Hampton. It's specifically about that part of Trial of Chicago 7. I kind of, that, of want
0: to see it now. Like, Trial of Chicago 7 kind of spurred me towards it, but an ATM ate my debit card, so I can't... <laughs> well, the it. the reason to see it is because Daniel Kaluuya's Fred Hampton is mesmerizing. Okay. Daniel Kaluuya, that guy His is main, really... He what? He's not the main star of it? It's it's, it's surprising. If he's no, that. no. He Well,
1: that's the, the whole politics between whether you nominate someone for lead or supporting is... is okay. So and the problem is, Lakeith Stanfield plays the informer who was working with the FBI. This was back in the day, and Chicago uh, Trial of Chicago Seven doesn't touch on this as much as Judas and the Black Messiah, but this was back before the FBI was a bunch of ineffectual Boy Scouts, uh, and this was J. Edgar Hoover's FBI uh, doing a lot of extra, arguably extra legal stuff. He was a Girl Scout, by the way. I don't think there's any evidence for that. Actually, I do what? love, I, I, I do love how that's become part of the mythology of J. Edgar Hoover. But I don't think that that's an actual thing. Like I think that, you remember when we saw Death of Stalin? There's that great bit yeah. where one of the guys they discredit by uh, setting up that he's a pedophile, mm-hmm. and th- that's just how. Uh, the propaganda machine knows to tear apart someone's legacy and to discredit them entirely. Uh, I I feel like there's something like that going on with J. Edgar Hoover. I mean, there are plenty of reasons to trash Hoover's legacy. Uh, I don't think you have to throw in that he was maybe a transvestite into the mix.
0: Well, if he was, it's interesting,
1: isn't it? If he was, it is freaking hilarious. Yes, yeah. Kelly Wan, sure, yeah. yeah. Um, Let's consider- clarify that aspect. Right, if it's right. true, it's fun. But Judas and the Black Messiah is a lot of it is about how the FBI, uh, their dirty tricks were used against the Black Panthers, and the movie makes the cardinal sin of exaggerating and being when it doesn't need to the FBI did plenty of bad stuff to the black Panthers and the black Panthers by the way were, were were no saints and the movie's clear about that but the 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 movie Judas and the Black Messiah buys wholesale into a bunch of really silly mythology about Fred Hampton that I feel is unnecessary and undercuts the importance and the That's emotional biopics yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, but that said, uh, I do love Daniel Kaluuya's interpretation of why Fred Hampton was so effective. I mean obviously Daniel Kaluuya is not a twenty-one-year-old kid. Uh, that's why one of the reasons I was surprised to hear that Fred Hampton was killed when he was twenty-one. Um, in Chicago, seventy didn't look twenty-one either. I know. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, was um,
0: thirty-five.
1: But he's so it, anyway that that would be my pick for a uh, best actor in a supporting role from all the folks here, even though ultimately for myself I would pick Stephen Yoon from Minari. So Kelly, one, who do you like in that list? I'm sorry, did I ask you?
0: Uh, Paul Racy, the sound metal guy. That guy was so good, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. He was hot
1: Yeah, like I had no idea he was an actor too. By the way, like, and the last
0: scenes really intense.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and just that guy's face and yeah. just his 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 whole technique, too, for inducting people in the community. Like I, Ruben. God, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Lisa's Ruben. It's great. Yeah, so. his face. Really
1: yeah, great, that's great a great face
0: for you. That is a face for the agent. And the, the way website. he does sign language at the dinner, it's, uh, I don't know, he's really animated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, he has a lot of life force that yeah.
1: Uh, and would you choose someone for Best Supporting Actor outside of this list? Do you no. have anyone? Okay. Well, in that case, let's get to Best Leading Actress. Oh, Viola, oh. Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Mm. Andra Day for The United States versus Billie Holiday. Mm. Vanessa Kirby for Pieces uh, of a Woman. Uh, uh. Frances McDormand for Nomadland. And Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. Mm. Kelly Wan, who do you like on that list? Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. She is good in it. She gives it her her all.
0: Yeah. She's a very iconic character, and uh, she goes through a lot of looks. She goes through a lot of moods. Um, I think she's a part of Hollywood history. There's a lot of things that annoy me about Promising Young Woman, and I think it falls apart in the third act. Uh, Okay. I think I'm I'm definitely with you on that one. Um, But her performance is uh, perfect. It's perfect. Her and Bo Burnham are so adorable. And you – Oh, yeah, they are. And by the way, I hadn't seen her in a long time. And I was really I was I felt bad. I was like, I kind of missed her <laughs> all again. And I was wondering what she was up to. And so it was really exciting for her to come back into my life with Promising Young Woman.
1: I do love how I, I hate that script so much. Like I loathe that, that script, the Emerald Fennel. What's her name? Emerald Fennel. Yeah, it's her
0: first movie. Give her give her time. She's a new green shoot. I mean I'll watch whatever she makes, but good lord did I hate that. I script. like the – But I did – I did. I. I, did, I, I just I, wanted to say
1: the, yeah. the point I was going to make real quick. I did love how much Carrie Mulligan committed to um, that part and the tone that Emerald Fennell
0: was using for the movie. The so. character where, where you broke up with the movie was the administrator, and uh, for me it was the Alison Bree. I just want to say. That's oh yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah right I right felt,
0: wait what no come on <laughs> right. oh, yeah why is this yeah. happening wait a minute and then it was never the same again <laughs> it's yeah. a huge shark jump as well. oh! yeah. but i was really into the kerry mulligan character and uh
1: so i i don't she was on saturday night live recently uh yeah. and saturday night live is just been forever yeah exactly but kerry mulligan was in a great skit for uh, a commercial for a movie called lesbian period drama, <laughs> uh, which is, is just
0: uh, that's endearing. Exactly, it's quite adorable and uh, I a mean, Milligan
1: Mulligan can be quite funny. Yeah. Was so it location I, stuff,
0: or was it a, was it a live? No,
1: thing? no, it was a uh, they they went on location and shot film. They okay, they okay. shot it like an actual movie commercial. It's yeah. really cute. Yeah. All right. Uh, the other skits though aren't. Uh, I mean. Oh, Saturday Night Live. Jeez. Uh-huh. I don't right. even know who's on it anymore. It's... Yeah, like uh, you'll recognize some of them, but they should have an old man. They should have one old dude. Why? I don't know. No, just the spice Like Alien. No, any one of them can put on makeup and be old. There's no need for that. Uh,
2: so.
1: I know. I don't know. It's just they're all so interchangeable I'd... now. Yeah, old. I, I would pick from that list. Uh, I loved Viola Davis in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom because she is playing such an unsympathetic character. Uh, she's just a, a domineering troll almost. Uh, just kind of I mentioned before for the makeup category, they they make her look grotesque in this. Um, yeah.
0: Like it, yeah, like Dickensian. Yeah,
1: Dickensian. She would. They. Yeah, she Dickensian. Oh, all yeah, right, way to put it it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that I would love be. love the my word
0: grotesque. That. that if something grotesque is in a movie, I'm instantly. going to – have to check it
1: out. Yeah, well, that's because I it's something
0: I've never seen before, at the very least.
1: She's grotesque and imperious and domineering. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, all of those things. Um, all Randy's Black Bottom. Shit.
1: You didn't check size? I should see that. Well, I am mean, that Chadwick Boseman too is. I mean, I told you it's an it's an August Wilson play, and it clearly is an August Wilson play. Uh, and and you know, it's the last thing that Chadwick Boseman did. did you see before. twenty-eight
0: bridges or whatever the number of bridges
1: is. Yeah, I'm the one that told you to see that it's twenty-one bridges. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Right. I love him in that. So, he's, yes. And and it's no surprise that he is just he's amazing in this play. That's uh, I I think it's a famous the God hates niggers monologue, which I think is kind of famous. Uh, and he gets to do it, and good lord, does he do it! Like it's uh, it's just an amazing monologue, and it's a great performance, and it's heartbreaking how he is simultaneously gaunt but just so full of life so in full, yeah. that movie, uh, just so very lively. present, very present, yeah, yeah. That, by the way, is uh, Steven Yoon has screen presence, like mm-hmm. that guy has movie star presence. Like that's one of the, the observations I would make about him, Stephen Yoon. Yeah, and he's never played Black Panther or anybody like that. Like, obviously Chad Bozeman, you know, he's Black Panther, uh, but Stephen Yoon,
0: like, I think draws the eye like that. Like, he has. I don't want to screen. see Stephen Yoon in a Marvel movie. Are you crazy?
1: Mmm. Like, it, making. It There's no of... Asians in the Marvel universe, actually. There's about to be one, like that shang ti in the Legends. He's of the villain. Reiser. Oh, he's a villain. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that.
0: All right. he's the, I thought Iron Fist was Asian for years because he had a mask on. Oh, but he's not Wong Asian, dude. I know. No. That's what I said. What? <laughs> I was, I that when I was a kid, I was like, wait a minute. I thought this was about a black dude. who's Asian? God, um, Doctor Strange's little buddy Benedict Wong. Right. Now it's a there, Swinton. They took it's, out an Asian character.
1: No, Benedict <laughs> Wong's in still world. in it. In his little, is his little buddy.
0: Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Fair Kelly point. Wand. You're right.
1: Go Marvel! Hooray for Disney. Best actor in a leading role. Oh wait, whoa, 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 whoa! So of these uh, leading actresses, uh, I mean, outside of these I know, nominees, it's Carey
0: Mulligan.
1: you're you're also picking Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. Uh, you're doubling up on her. Okay. I'm
0: going all in on Carrie Mulligan.
1: Kelly, one. I'm going with, with a different Carrie. So my my favorite leading actress performance from last year was Carrie Coon in The Nest, hmm. um, which, which I didn't know was horror. Do you even know who Carrie Coon is?
0: Yeah, she was in that Besides, other. Besides, saw Izzy gets the fuck across town. No, thing. keep going, keep going. I just saw something with her.
1: Marvel, uh, the the Civil War thing. She's Proxima no. Midnight. No. Yeah. I don't know. What else have you seen her in? I don't know what else. I she's saw
0: in something. She's All in right.
1: the layovers, but I can't watch a Damon Lindelof oh. thing. And I can't watch it if she's like supposed to be in love with Justin Thoreau. That.
0: That's the layover with Kate Upton. I finally saw that. It's really good. Oh, leftovers, <laughs> leftovers. Is what I was thinking. Of. I didn't it's see it's that the Lindelof thing. Yeah.
1: She's a Gone Girl.
0: That maybe that's what it was. Oh. Who, I
1: does, like she, who does she play in Gone Girl? I need to. Oh, see Oh, Marco that Dunn. I don't know who that is. I remember Kim Dickens being like a police detective in that and liking her. Um. She's in
0: Widows. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Oh,
1: know. Widows, right? Because I remember complaining on Widows that they didn't that they just gave her this
0: kind of. Right. Of that part. was very cool. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So understand.
1: Carrie Coon in The Nest, she I mean, basically the movie is her. She carries that movie. Uh, no pun intended. Oh, and I
0: know we're from Fargo, by the way. <laughs> season three. She played the main cop, Gloria Burgle.
1: Wait, have I not seen season three of Fargo?
0: Uh, It's the 70s one, I think. Maybe I haven't seen it. It's good. I like the last Fargo, too. I like the Chris Rock one. Okay. Great.
1: You know, I th- I think I'm behind on my Fargos, but... Uh... It was
0: the shark a little bit at the end, but...
1: So Carrie Coon, and I told this I to you know. before, like that she's married sense. to Tracy Letts, and I think they met doing a Broadway production of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, which, oh my God, I would love to have seen that. Her and Tracy Letts doing uh, that Edward Albee play would have been amazing. Um, but so in the nest is all about her uh like it's about all four of the the characters in the family the son the daughter the the father and the the mother um uh but but Carrie coons is kind of the uh the character who it charts her falling apart the most uh and i think she's got the most work to do as far as like carrying the emotional heft of the movie and what's happening she's the one who i think is most aware of of what's happening as things are falling apart in the nest um so okay kelly wand it's now time for yes the lick (laughs) oh best i just like
0: your transitions they're fun Uh,
1: best actor in a leading role
0: uh do you have the nominees read us the nominees who do we got Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rani's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins from The Father, Gary Oldman in Mank, and Stephen Yoon in Minari, cool. who you've already given away as your choice. No,
1: because I didn't. I I don't think he's the leading actor in that. Uh, Stephen right. Yoon. Yeah, I do not. I think he's a supporting actor. I think the little kid and the grandma, arguably, but I think it's the, mainly the little kid. Wouldn't you say that? Like it's from his perspective.
0: Yeah, but he's not nominated.
1: He's not right, right. But I would actually pick Riz Ahmed because I think that his vulnerability and his confusion and his anger uh, drive that movie uh, yeah. in a unique way. So that was that was from that list. That was my favorite. His Who face
0: is, is incredible.
1: Yeah, yeah. Those big old like doe eyes. <laughs> like he's yeah. got these just big brown innocent eyes that he. Ever They call him an owl, or he, we yeah, wrote... yeah, yeah. Right, right,
0: right. Yeah. Fuck you. Right. I think it's a compliment. I wish I looked like a fucker. (laughs) Who would you pick from this list, Kelly? I can't not pick Anthony Hopkins from The Father. Right. Best acting I've ever seen in my life. I can't think of any better acting than that. I really can't. I mean, the thing is, it like. Tell me something better from. Tell me a better performance. Riz Ahmed in Sound of Metal. That's a good point.
1: (laughs) Which is also also my real-world pick as well. I'm afraid. Uh, just as far as the performances I saw last year.
0: yeah, It's really good. It's amazing. They, that's the thing. I saw those movies back to back. It felt like an embarrassment of riches, and I was completely immersed in those characters' lives. Right. Successive so, nights. Ugh. So one night I had Alzheimer's, then the next night I was deaf. You were deaf, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I feel like, I, I don't know. I, Anthony Hopkins would be my choice on the same. Yeah. On, by any metric.
1: Just, all right what about best director read us the uh nominees
0: best director nominees thomas Vinterberg for another round <laughs> i thought that was a short film it's a foreign film which is like being short that's like different. being short right yeah that's the luxembourg of films <laughs> uh david fincher who directed the film mank lee isaac chung minari chloe Zhao, nomadland emerald fennel promising young woman
1: all right you got to pick one i do Yep. What do you pick?
0: I guess Lee Isaac Chung.
1: Yeah, me too. Minari. From Minari. Yeah.
0: I guess um, when I look at I guess when I look at the other four, it's not that hard. After right, all. right.
1: It is pretty straightforward. All right. So think. from real life, then, what would you
0: pick? Richard Stanley. He's the best director. He made that film. That was an auteur film. Yeah. You know why I'm not picking Richard Stanley? No.
1: Because it's again. Easy. No, no, no. Because again, the nest is color out of space. I mean, it's kind of the same movie in a way. And uh, Sean Durkin, like I mentioned before, the way that he can make the mundane seem ominous, uh, he also does this thing, which I wish more movie directors would do. So there's a a scene in The Nest where Jude Law is having a business dinner, and he's got to impress some clients. Uh, And he's brought his wife, Carrie Coon, along. Uh, and what happens in the scene is that she embarrasses him. Uh, the particulars don't matter, but it, normally when you shoot this scene, you would have the people sitting around the table, and there would be takes of the clients. The clients are from Norway, uh, and you can hear their dialogue. You know, So there would be uh, cutting back and forth between different people at the table. Their reaction, as Kerry Coon said, something inappropriate, or Jude Law tried to cover for it, or reacted. Um, You would have different shots of the different characters. Sean Durkin, during this whole scene, you only ever see Jude Law and Carrie Coon. He never flips the camera around to show the Norwegian clients because... They are not important. Their reaction is not material to the scene. What matters in the scene is Jude Law's reaction, who is seated next to Carrie Coon, so that he can do it in one take without swinging the camera around. There's another scene in a restaurant, too, where uh, she orders for them to embarrass him. He does not show you the waiter's face. The waiter is standing there. Um, but he never pulls the camera back to where you can see, because they're seated and the waiter is standing, to where you can see the waiter's face, because the waiter's reaction does not matter. Um, and I love how Sean Durkin is has no compunction about this kind of editorial commentary about what matters, what you're seeing, and, and you know what doesn't matter. Uh, what gets left out of the frame is just as important as what's in the frame. Uh, so I love Sean Durkin's direction in The Nest, uh, and that's what I would pick for Best Director. Kelly, one, do you have a pick outside of the nominees? Who's the father oh, you picked, guy? You, you mentioned. Uh, I'm sorry, you mentioned Richard Stanley. Uh,
0: I mean the, Richard Stanley. <laughs> uh,
1: the father. Is, oh, the, no, the father guy is Florian Zeller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, spread well, the
0: wealth. Spread the wealth.
1: Well, here, here's some uh, <coughs> spread out wealth. We have ten. No, I thought there was supposed to be ten nominees for Best Picture. Did they change that? There's only eight, huh?
0: All right. So there's okay. a random number for Best Picture.
1: Well, I thought it used to, it used to be five, and I thought they doubled it to ten, but uh, now I guess it's just a random number. Then Kelly, Juan, five.
0: Who are the eight nominees for Best Picture? Judas and the Black Messiah, The Father, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman. Sound of Metal and the Trial of the Chicago Seven.
1: All right, you got to pick one.
0: Well, uh, the Father. Yours? Uh, Minari. Cool. All
1: right. Well, thanks for listening. <laughs> Neither. And and would you uh? So the the. No,
0: that's my choice.
1: Right. Well, what's going what's on the here? The Year of the Father for me. We did our top ten list based on things that we could see last year. Uh, and we both, I, I think, we, we both picked Color Out of Space* as our, our favorite movie. Uh, but of these, you know, The Father, Minari, uh, I think Mank, Nomadland, we couldn't have seen these things until 2021. So, Kelly Wan, these can still be on our own personal top ten list. We don't have to follow any dang Academy rules for that.
0: So, mm-hmm. just so you Wait, know. Wait, so what's your point? We got we to gotta go back and re-edit the top 10, ten list? No, uh, so Minari
1: wasn't eligible for us to put on our top 10 list for last year. So we hadn't
0: seen it. Yeah.
1: yeah, same with The Father. We couldn't have seen it. There was no way. But the esoteric studio, the, the academy rules are something like it has to be released in a theater, you, you know, in Portugal or wherever. Like they, they the, the, What made these eligible for the academy but not for mortals to see in, in 2020 mm-hmm. Uh
0: so many it, rules yeah it's just the rules like I was gonna put vivarium for a bunch of my my picks and then right went, oh wait it was 2018
1: because it's why? the year
0: I saw it like that to me is the important year you saw vivarium in 2018 no I'm saying I saw it in oh right right, right 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 so to me that's why I would have put it on some of these categories because they go oh it was a 2020 viewing experience but it was made in 2018. Well, it's when it's made,
1: yeah, when it's made doesn't matter. And furthermore, like when it screens at festivals, like how was I gonna see *Vivarium*? IMDb lists the release date by when it's first screened at a Never festival. Never even heard of that
0: movie. Usually, yeah. They didn't tell me it was available when I was in Hamburg, Germany. Nope. They they twenty twenty. Oh. *La Vivarium* just came out. Well, you had to go to film festivals to have
1: seen it. Yeah, but it's Ugh. a twenty, it's a twenty twenty movie for us and That's everyone else. Just... Yeah. So. All right, so best picture, Minari and the father. That's what we would uh, pick. I don't know what that proves. I don't know which of us is right. It proves that neither of us has sat through all of Mank yet. (laughs) I mean, maybe that's the one. Because I've seen all of these except for everything, uh, the last two hours of Mank. How
0: much better than Sound of Metal is Minari?
1: Well, Minari is, it's Ah, like, I don't. Well, no, I don't pretend to know how much better it is, but I know how much I resonated with it. Like, you know, I didn't.
0: All right. not right, I didn't, Mr. Sensible Words.
1: It's so like the, the thing, there is something universal about Sound of Metal, though, I, I would say. And that is whether it is uh, sickness or even just aging, um, our bodies will screw us over and force us out of the life that we thought we were living. And I feel anybody who's ever experienced that, whether it's, I mean, I know you've had your medical issues, Kelly Wallen, I've had mine. Uh, I feel like Sound of Metal is about that. Like you're going through life, and something happens with your health or with your body. Something physical happens to kick you out of the life you thought you were in. And it's a shock, and it's a change, and you have to adapt to it. It will change your life. And I think that is what's universal about the Sound of Metal. You know, that's what I loved about watching that that movie um, is watching Risa Mead play someone struggling with this inevitability. Like I said, if it's not disease, it's going to get you. It's going to be aging or something at some point. I mean unless you're lucky enough to get hit by a car at 30. Uh, also the gonna- way it
0: happens it was – just like, and he pretend he doesn't acknowledge it when it happens. Well, there's a certain amount. Yeah, right. I mean, there's a, you want to deny it,
1: and there's even maybe some shame involved, and uh, yeah, and maybe the hope that it'll just go away. Yeah. Uh, I remember this great line from, um, what's that? Uh, Doubt with Philip Seymour Hoffman, where it, he's he's giving a sermon, and he talks about uh, fear of. Getting sick and not getting better, and I remember watching that movie, thinking, "Oh, yeah, that would be scary. I don't know what that would be like." But that's what that's what Sound of Metal is like, and that's what getting old is like, and that's what you know, cancer and and getting and just just as your body breaks down, these things happen. Is you you get scared that when it always something's feels bad. personal,
0: yeah, 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 and so, that's how he, that's how the Sound of Metal character reacts. Like it's just like. He takes it as is like a personal thing.
1: Well, it's a it's it's a cosmic issue. You know, why is this happening mm. to me? You know, why did the universe make me deaf? Uh, yeah, uh, there's kind of an element of cosmic but almost.
0: If he hadn't had access to the computer, you know I'm saying, it would have been a different story. So it's just bad. Never mind. Anyway, <laughs> the father.
1: Well, certainly also you know technology <laughs> uh, as far as like the implants and. Like that, that was an option that wouldn't have been available to someone you know, 20, 30 years ago, I imagine. Yeah. It's someone in his situation, right? Uh, all right, so there we go. Uh, we will find out. If the Academy is listening, feel free to borrow our picks. We don't Maybe mind if you copy off us.
0: I'll assume if the picks are different, they did at the last second because they didn't want to be dealt the ball number two. That's right. We'll be watching. We'll find out how they react. So thanks oh to God. everyone
1: for listening. We will be back in three weeks. Uh Kelly Wand, have you seen nobody? The Bob Odenkirk thing? No. I'm gonna Maybe we should do a podcast on it. Alright. Maybe okay. not. We'll see. Have uh you seen it? I Kelly Wand, I see everything. You know that about me. You want a podcast about nobody. <laughs> I just wanted to tease something re- that we might do a podcast about. That's a uh, recent release. You know what? Maybe something will come out in the next three weeks that we'd be uh, we'd rather talk about. So uh, stay tuned for that. We will be back. I am Tom Chick. I have been here with Kelly Wand. Thank you for listening, uh, Kelly Wand. Say goodnight.
0: good night. Good Kelly Wand. still don't have anything to say
1: (laughs) i'd prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky observation reflection faith and determination in this way we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us all right and we have what eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to aurigai 6
2: is that a question yes walter that's a question
1: that is correct
0: that's the only alien movie that's canon